The Serious Side is coming up next, right here on the TJRS Radio Network. My mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These council binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the same what I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in our class. Colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. School shootings are preventable if you know the signs. Learn more at sandyhookpromise.org. What do you wish for? A nice life? Nice things? Or do you wish for something more? A sense of purpose? Do you wish to discover a cure? To write code that cracks an unsolvable question? To further our exploration into space? Or to invent something that changes everything right here on Earth? Well, if that's your wish, make yourself ready. Because when you look back, you'll see that you didn't just make wishes. You realize them. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Live from NPR News, I'm Giles Snyder. The end of former President Donald Trump's second impeachment trial marks the beginning of a new chapter for his White House successor. NPR's Amy Held reports President Biden has issued a statement on Trump's acquittal and is looking ahead to getting his COVID relief package passed quickly. From Camp David, President Biden issued a statement noting that seven Republicans joined Democrats in finding Trump guilty. Not enough to convict, but a record for an impeachment trial. Bipartisanship is what Biden says he wants for his economic rescue package. Through the process of budget reconciliation, Democrats have already begun moving forward without Republicans. How former President Trump moves ahead now remains uncertain. After being acquitted of inciting insurrection, he hinted at a political future, saying in a statement his movement has only just begun, and he'll share more in the months ahead. But first, Trump faces potential legal trouble from a New York grand jury investigation and a criminal probe in Georgia. Amy Held, NPR News. 
Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell is condemning Trump, saying he is practically and morally responsible for the January 6th attack on the Capitol. McConnell spoke on the Senate floor after voting with most Republicans to acquit the former president. Russia's government is warning its citizens not to participate in local Valentine's Day shows of support for the jailed opposition leader Alexei Navalny. Charles Maines is in Moscow. In an act dubbed Love is Stronger Than Fear, allies of Navalny are calling on Russians to hold up cell phone flashlights in their courtyards for several minutes Sunday evening before posting the scenes to social media. The move is seen as a symbolic show of support for Navalny, who was sentenced to nearly three years in prison upon his return to Russia from Germany, where he spent months recovering from near-fatal poisoning. It's also an attempt to avoid direct confrontation with police. More than 10,000 people were detained amid a crackdown on protesters in recent weeks. The Kremlin insists public events unsanctioned by the state are illegal and risk further spread of the coronavirus. For NPR News, I'm Charles Maines in Moscow. People are marching again today in Myanmar. Hundreds of thousands took to the streets around the country in the ninth day of protest against the military seizure of power. To Texas now, where Governor Greg Abbott is urging Texans to stay off the roads and conserve power. As a major winter storm blasts much of the country, he's warning of dangerous wind chills and heavy snow and ice. This is going to be a very challenging time for Texas and for Texans. Abbott has asked the Biden administration to issue a federal emergency declaration for his state. In Oregon, the governor has declared a state of emergency because ice and snow left hundreds of thousands without power this weekend. Power outages are reported in several other states as well, notably in Virginia and North Carolina. And you're listening to NPR News. Coming up next on The Serious Side. Former President Donald Trump tonight declared not guilty of the impeachment charge he incited insurrection at the Capitol on January 6th. He is hereby acquitted of the charge in said article. The case of Donald Trump's second impeachment trial was open and shut. President Trump told a lie, a big lie, that the election was stolen and that he was the rightful winner. He laid the groundwork for this big lie in the months before the election. He told the big lie on election night, and he repeated the big lie more than a hundred times in the weeks afterwards. January 6th was a disgrace. American citizens attacked their own government. They used terrorism to try to stop a specific piece of domestic business they did not like. Fellow Americans beat and bloodied our own police. They stormed the Senate floor. They tried to hunt down the Speaker of the House. They built a gallows and chanted about murdering the Vice President. They did this because they'd been fed wild falsehoods. But what we saw in that Senate today was a cowardly group of Republicans who apparently have no options because they were afraid to defend their job, respect the institution in which they served. 
Welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, with Kathleen Williams, Mrs. Vanessa Maybell, Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, J. Ryle. Happy Valentine's Day to all the beautiful ladies out there, and welcome to another edition of the serious side of the J. Ryle Show. And as always, here are the topics that we will be discussing on this day, February 14, 2021. Today is the day that Cuban is made. Today is February 14th. But I'm telling you, it is the Sunday morning roundtable. And let me just take a guess about something that we'll talk about. Hmm. Maybe what happened yesterday? That's right. It's the day after another sham impeachment trail, trial, excuse me, of the 45th president of the United States of America. Definitely talking about that, and we're going to talk about a whole bunch more with our crew. Let's bring them in right now. First up, she's a big sis. She watches MSNBC, CNN, and uh, Fox and hang out with Trump folks, so you don't have to. Let's say good morning to the very lovely Miss Vanessa Maybell. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Happy Valentine's Day to you, sweet love. Back to you as well. Happy Valentine's to all the guys on the panel. So when y'all step in, just know that my heart, get it, heart is with you guys. So I'm going to sit back and give you So if y'all didn't know, Jay and I live in Texas. Jay and I live in Texas, and it's normally warm. So Jay, what do you think about us freezing our butt off? (laughs) <laughs> well, Vanessa, uh, I don't like it, and uh, that's all I have to say. <laughs> Thank I you so much for <laughs> straight to the point. Not messing around. Thank you very much, Vanessa. All right, next up is my big, my, well, he's my little bro, but he could be my big bro as well, the brother who brings nothing but straight-up knowledge and cohesive and just thankfulness every time he opens his mouth, the one and only Mr. Johnny D., the place to be. Man, good morning, John. How are you doing today, sir? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I am feeling real good, excited about uh, life and excited about the day. Uh, Miss Vanessa, good morning to you. Brother Jay, Brother Jerome, Dr. Williams, uh, Momo B, uh, Rich Sister, <laughs> Les, uh, <laughs> And wow. if I missed anyone, it, it wasn't uh, based off of any <laughs> disregard. And certainly all of those uh, th- those folks who listen in every week and allow us an opportunity to come into their homes. Uh, a lot of a lot, lot of things going on this week here. A lot of news, uh, the cycle, and of course, uh, Black History Month. Uh, celebrating some some historical birthdays and Frederick Douglass and, and some other of our pioneers and, and, and forefathers Absolutely. who were mm-hmm. instrumental in the struggle. So, uh, again, uh, good morning, and I'm looking forward to, to the topics. All right. I'm looking forward to them as well. Appreciate you. Make sure you got the whole crew. Thank you for doing that as well. All right, man, who gets the first and last word here on the serious side each and every week, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, sir. How are you? Well, good morning to you, and good morning, Vanessa. Happy Valentine's Day. Good morning, Thank Kathleen. You. Happy Valentine's Day. 
Good morning, man. And music. Happy Valentine's Day. Good morning, Rich Sister. Happy Valentine's Day. Good morning, Momo. Be happy Valentine's Day. Good morning, my brother Hawk, and good morning, my brother Jerome. Well, that's a lot. Well, I tell you what, it's good like morning, the Academy Awards. When you stand up and accept your awards, you have to thank your crew. Thank you guys so much. The number is 347-850-1272. Jerome is free. Smartest man in the world usually joins us after his commitment to Clear Channel Radio. And, of course, Kathleen Williams drops in when she can because we know she's still doing a little bit of that undercover work. So until then, we hold it down. Chat room should be open. We are monitoring all of the social media sites that we normally monitor throughout the show. So if you have something to say, you can leave a comment there, or you can call in 347-850-1272. Now, I was informed by a listener this week that the reason why they don't call in is because they have earbuds in while they're at church listening to the show. Bad, bad you. No. You don't do that. Wow. When you're in the Lord's house, you give your full and undivided attention to the man upstairs. Some people call him Jesus. I call him Jesus. So guess what? Wow. Do not listen to this show. And if you're listening right now, turn your headphones off and get that good word. Because you can always come back and listen to this show on your way home from church. Well, wait a minute. Now, if you get out of church at around 11 eh, Central, then maybe you won't get a chance. You have to wait until it post. But you can wait an hour, go get something to eat after church, and then go home and listen to the show and get your undivided attention. Anyway, we appreciate you listening no matter where you are and how you do it, but give the Lord his due. We don't want to step in front of the man himself. All right, 347-850. That's right, Mr. Elias. 347-850-1272. Now, today is the Sunday morning roundtable, and the reason for that is because I know that uh, there's going to be a lot of chitter-chatter about something that took place this past week. And so, Mr. Elias, I'm going to take a point of personal privilege. I think, I think I got a hint of what you want to talk about. And you tell me if I'm wrong or not. Online radio live. Former President Donald Trump tonight declared not guilty of the impeachment charge he incited insurrection at the Capitol on January 6th. And he is hereby acquitted of the charge in said article. Seven Republican senators voting with Democrats to convict, 57 to 43, the most bipartisan Senate impeachment vote in history, but far short of the two-thirds majority needed to convict. Forty-three Republicans voted not guilty, including Republican leader Mitch McConnell. But McConnell still offered a blistering indictment of Trump's actions. That impeachment was never meant to be the final forum for American justice. President Trump is still liable for everything he did while he was in office. The former president defiant in a statement calling the trial a witch hunt and insisting our historic, patriotic, and beautiful movement to make America great again has only just begun. The vote coming just over a month after rioters invaded the Capitol and took the very chamber where the vote was held. Then Vice President Pence rushed to safety as he was hunted in the halls. Senators casting their votes tonight from desks that were ransacked by the rioters. After then-President Trump said he would walk to the Capitol with them. We fight. We fight like hell. And if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. The final moments of Donald Trump's historic second impeachment trial playing out after a day of missteps and confusion. The debate is not in order. 
At the last minute, House managers unexpectedly calling to subpoena a witness to explain how the top House Republican leader called President Trump on the 6th to beg for his help. The president said, well, Kevin, I guess these people are more upset about the election than you are. Online radio live. Let me tell you, I don't know. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but am I in the ballpark of maybe what you want to talk about this morning, sir? You're, you're way off base. Oh, damn. Okay, Mr. Elliot. So what do you want to talk about this I'm morning? Just I'm, just, I'm just kidding, man. I am just I know kidding. you are, sir. Wow, my God, man. What 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 is, what is this this is this is a black owned democracy. It is. You know, and I, I expected nothing different. I really didn't. I said it from the very beginning that they are not going to impeach this cat. And I was surprised that seven went with them. You know, that went with the Democrats. I was actually shocked at that. But, you know, let, let's just be honest, man. This is Donald Trump's party. This is not the Republican Party anymore. This is the, this is Donald this is Donald uh, Donald Trump's party, and these people are so scared of losing <coughs> excuse me losing their power and losing their money that they don't they don't want to go against him, and that's that's all that is. And then for for Bitch McConnell to get up there afterwards and say, Did you call uh, him Bitch McConnell? I surely did. He's Bitch McConnell oh, wow. to me. He's a wow. bitch. He got up there. And Thank he you, Mister. I don't care, man. I don't care. As Bitch McConnell got up there and, and 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 talking about what Trump did afterwards. Afterwards, are you and you still voted not to quit him? I mean, not, do you vote to quit him? Are you kidding me, Mister Elias? Let's play a little bit of Mitch McConnell just in case people were asleep yesterday. Here's a little bit of what Mitch McConnell said yesterday, and we'll talk on the other side. Online radio live. January 6th was a disgrace. American citizens attacked their own government. They used terrorism to try to stop a specific piece of domestic business they did not like. Fellow Americans beat and bloodied our own police. They stormed the Senate floor. They tried to hunt down the Speaker of the House. They built a gallows and chanted about murdering the Vice President. They did this because they'd been fed wild falsehoods by the most powerful man on earth. Because he was angry he lost an election. Former President Trump's actions preceded the riot for a disgraceful, disgraceful dereliction of duty. Online radio live. Now, <laughs> you know, when I was watching this thing live, Vanessa, and when he stood up and started talking, and when he said what he said, I was like, wait a minute, did, did I not hear? Okay, maybe, let me go back and rewind, because when they said his name, I could have swore he said not guilty. Then he stands mm-hmm. up in the, in the Senate chamber, Vanessa, and makes this passionate speech 
about how President Trump was the reason why people stormed the Capitol. He's the reason why all these things happened and the reason why we need to quit him because under the Constitution, according to Mitch McCall, uh, we cannot impeach a private citizen. It should have been done before he left office. Now, let me play what Nancy Pelosi said about this guy, and then Vanessa, I want to get your response on the other side. Online radio live. What is so important about the political survival of any one of us that is more important than our Constitution that we take an oath to protect and defend? But why I came over was because I listened to Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell, who, when this distinguished group of House managers were gathered on January 15th to deliver the articles of impeachment, could not, we're told, it could not be received because Mitch McConnell had shut down the Senate and was going to keep it shut down until right until the inauguration. So for him to get up there and make this indictment against the president and then say, but I can't, I can't uh, vote for it because it's after the fact. The fact that he established, the fact that he established that it could not be delivered before the inauguration. Now, when you think about January 6th, between January 6th and January 20th, you're only talking about just under two weeks, a day under two weeks. Online radio live. So, Vanessa, so he had the audacity to stand up in the Senate chambers and say the reason why we cannot impeach this guy is because he's a civilian, and the reason why it didn't happen while he was president because Mitch McConnell said that they would not take it up on the Senate floor. I mean, have you ever, 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 ever? in American political history see anything like this where you have politicians who say something one day and then come back and say something completely different. Do they think we're stupid? Come on now, Vanessa, what say you? Unbelievable. <laughs> well, <laughs> I really got a nasty word for you for him, but that's okay. I'm going to refrain. Um, Because she respects the show, Miss Elliot. It's a Sunday morning. She's not like you. Go ahead, uh, Vanessa. Let me say this. I did not. I saw everything on, you know, like the the news channels come on at 8 and then they go back and show it later. That's what I did because I wanted to see the highlights because it was just too. We knew knew nothing was going to happen to Trump. We knew that the Republicans wasn't going to get any balls and vote against this man who is running the party. But I will say this. Mitch McConnell going to get here, too, because if y'all saw one of the shows this weekend, they were talking about the third party that's being created as we're speaking right now. There's another group that's being created and because they're breaking away from the Donald Trump Republican Party. And then we know that when Trump didn't get didn't get his what well, he did get his way yesterday. 
we know that he's going to come back with a vengeance. I posted last night, y'all better get ready to vote in two years and four years because he's going to come back with a vengeance. So the only thing we can pray about at this point in the game is that he goes to prison. That he gets so many charges filed against him from every direction that that man ain't got time to fool with the party. That's the only thing we can do. Other than that, he's going to come back with a vengeance because the rest of them don't have any balls to stand up against him. How are you going to get up there and say, well, he's guilty of doing all of that. But then he says, no, I plead that he, he'd not be indicted. I mean, that's not a very good impression of uh, Mitch McConnell, uh, oh, oh, oh. Uh, Vanessa. <laughs> now, if you need me to do it for you, I will. I mean, I can, you know, because I'm the guy that can do it. But, but go ahead, Vanessa. Go, I'm ahead, just go ahead and give me that. Go ahead and give me that Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You know, the Responsible for what happened on the six, but uh, we do not have the constitutionality to uh, impeach us about it. Is that good enough for you? Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> Finish your thought. <laughs> oh, Vanessa, you better get your ass up out of here. You know, they really, really what? Here, here's what? understand Johnny D because there there are some major Republican donors out there saying if you did not vote to impeach Donald Trump we are not contributing to any of your campaigns in the future but what is it about this man what is it about this guy that has all these folks just in the uproar in a tizzy the fact that they are so nervous and scared of this man that they will not do what's right and I tell you, yesterday was a sad day for America. I, I was embarrassed to be an American because everybody with a nose on their face, any, Stevie Wonder saw that this guy was uh, guilty of what he did. But there are people who are dying, and I like what some of the uh, house managers said. People have died because of what happened on uh, the 6th. People were maimed. Folks would never be the same after the events of January 6th. And Republicans stood up, stood up because of their own political ambitions and still acquitted this man of these crimes. I'm shocked by that. What say you? I'm not shocked. Um, Thank you. Again, this has been playing out. That's sad that you're you're not shocked. It really is. Well, I tell you what, the reality of it is, is, you know, Sometimes what, what, what happens in life is, uh, and, and, I, and I'm going to go back to a Maya Angelou um, quote and statement, when they show you who they are, believe it. And it is no surprise that this group has not uh, been honorable in their duties. Uh, they have been partisan in politics. They understand that I heard one of the senators um, and this is what he said, that he stopped short of condemning and denouncing Trump, but he says that the Republican Party, he said, we feel pretty good where we at. He said, our message, our message is resonating. And then he went on to resonate oh, wow. the fact that they picked up seats in the House. And Who that said that? The, 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 uh, I can't remember the guy's name, uh, but but I, I was just uh, 
through the through the television, and he was already yeah. being interviewed, and they never showed his name. But he was he was one of the senators, and and he clicked, and he said that you know, hey, we okay with the message, okay? Now again, he didn't say anything about the messenger, but he said that we okay with the message, which means we understand that if we stay hard line. Um, anti-immigration, uh, you know, um, anti-abortion, and claim to be small government, if they stay in line with that discriminatory, suppressing the vote, all of those things that have come to define the previous uh, criminal regime, they feel real good about 2022 and 2024. Because he, he referenced the fact that you know we picked up seats in the house, we can't deny that. Then he went on to say that some of the individuals that you know the Democrats thought was vulnerable in the Senate overwhelmingly won back those seats, maintained the seats. He said so. Be okay with the message. Again, didn't say anything about the message. Sure, he said we okay with the message. Now, as far as Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell is, is an opportunity, an opportunist. He is a career politician, so he's not going to do anything unless it's going to benefit him in 2022. Now, he wants the the majority um, speaker of the Senate. He wants that. So we 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 all know this. Yet. So what was the purpose of him coming out yesterday and saying what he said? Now. History will not forget the vote, okay? His name will be on the rolls as not voting for the impeachment. His verbal comments at some point will get lost in translation. Somewhere along the line, Federalist Society that Donald Trump swore oath to in order to get the support in the backing of Mitch McConnell and get pushed through. Republican primaries back in 2015 and in the courts with their quote-unquote people there's some reason why Mitch McConnell did what he did, what he did. now I will say this here he gets no boys for leadership but I for him to get on the floor and condemn Donald Trump now we have to start asking ourselves why Okay, he do that. Why did he do that so brashly? Why did he do that so de- definitively? And and now, if you notice this here, Donald Trump never came back at him, to my knowledge, did he? Uh, did you say? Did, what did you ask him? What was the question? Yeah, I, I said. Now, when he Mitch McConnell came JD, out yes. against against Donald Trump, uh, I, I I don't remember. I don't recall. Hearing or or or, or he, that Donald Trump came back at, at Mitch McConnell specifically. He came out and said that this was a witch hunt. But did he did he come out at Mitch McConnell specifically? I don't I don't I don't know if he did or did. I, I don't think I don't think that was in the statement. Now, now say that again, Jay. I don't think uh, he said anything. We'll look up his statement. I don't think he uh, came back and specifically went after Mitch McConnell. He just talked about yeah, exactly. those and that witch hunt. Yeah, exactly. I see what you're saying. Right, okay. right. And, and like I say now, there, there was a reason why he did what he did. Like I say, 
his name will go down on the rolls as far as the vote for impeachment. That's going to be historical. That'll, that, that'll last forever. At some point, this video footage will stop getting played. But 2022 is Mitch McConnell's goal. He wants to be the, the, the majority leader of the Senate again, and whatever, whatever he's doing and whatever he's saying at this point in time to go against Donald Trump, it is being manufactured, and you best believe it is well planned out. Um, at some point, we'll start, seeing, we'll start seeing the residuals of it to see exactly what his goal was, but it's always self-serving with him. Let, 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 let me borrow. Let me borrow a line from uh, Pete Rose. You know they talked about Pete Rose. You know everyone knows who follows sports that Pete Rose has been banned from Major League Baseball. Now they've loosened some of the restrictions on him, but uh, he still has not gotten into the Baseball Hall of Fame because he had uh, gambles on uh, baseball, and so he's been banned. And so, you know, they asked Pete Rose, they said, you know, Pete Rose, at some point in time, you will get into the Hall of Fame. And Pete Rose said, I don't give it. Well, okay. I want it while I'm alive. Who gives a damn about getting into the Hall after I'm dead? I can't enjoy it then. And I say that to say this, that we keep talking about how history, Mr. Elias, is going to come back and haunt these guys. Oh, it's a stage for history. These people don't give a damn about history. Mitch McConnell don't give a damn about that stuff. Because he has his federal judges. Who gives a damn? He's dead and gone. Yeah, people who he people who he don't even know won't even know. Well be oh man, that guy did a bad thing back in twenty uh twenty one. So the damage has already been done. So when yeah. people and I'm not I'm not directing this you specifically at you, Johnny D. I get what you're saying, but I hear a lot of pundits on TV say that same thing. Well, history is going to be the judge. Man, okay, uh, and I'm dead. Who cares? I mean, really? I mean, what type of adverse effect is it going to have on these people for destroying the lives of so many Americans that they've come in contact with? So it's it's just one of those things, you know. We just have to, you know, it's just one of those things, and you just have to sit back and say, "Wow!" In a country that is supposed to be the home of the free and the brave, a country who's supposed to be what they call the North Star, right? The city on the hill. You know, I mean, we this continues, and there's no excuse. This guy is gone, but these people are so afraid that. They're going to lose the 74 million voters that voted for him. And believe it or not, all 74 million people are not racist, okay? Really Thank God, gone, he do the right thing. Huh? Well, no, I know he's not gone, gone. No, I get it, but he's not in office anymore. So, I mean, come on, guys. They've taken away his mouthpiece on Twitter. I mean, come on. All right, look, we're going to continue this conversation on the other side. 347-850-1272. February is Black History Month, and as we do every year, during uh, in four minutes or less something that you need to know, we highlight African Americans uh, for what they've contributed not only to society but to the world itself. So here's this week's edition of Informants Unless Something That You Need to Know, another Black History Moment. We'll be back on the other side with Vanessa and uh, we'll see if she wants to continue this conversation, but she can if she wants. Listen to the serious side of the J. Ross show right here on a beautiful, beautiful Sunday morning somewhere in this world. Happy Valentine's Day to all the ladies. We'll be right back after this.
Black History Month. And DBL is honoring black leaders who paved the way for future generations of Americans. There is something special about tonight. Today, we honor Barbara Jordan. She's a lawyer, educator, and the first black woman in the South to be elected to the U.S. House of Representatives. She's best known for her involvement in the impeachment of President Nixon during Watergate. My presence here is one additional bit of evidence that the American dream need not forever be deferred. Today, we honor Bayard Rustin. He was an advisor to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and was openly gay. He included gay rights in the broader conversation of civil rights and is credited for sharing his stance on nonviolence with Dr. King, allowing many Americans to advocate for peace and equality. They stick a shotgun in the midsection of a 17-year-old boy who has his hands over his head and is saying, don't shoot. Reverend James Lawson. As a civil rights leader and educator, he was instrumental in desegregating downtown Nashville. He continues to train activists in nonviolence and is an advocate for immigration rights. If this be their kind of job, then it's high time. It's high time that we rid Memphis and this nation of that kind of working. John H. Johnson, founder of Jet Magazine. The first issue was published in 1951, both chronicling the civil rights movement and celebrating black women and their beauty at a time when they weren't featured in mainstream magazines been seeing here makes a lot of sense. He was a professional football player, singer, civil rights activist, and actor, known for his leading role in Othello. He took part in anti-Nazi demonstrations and performed for the Allied forces during World War II. Let's not forget our responsibility to our communities. Sing a song Full of the faith that our dark past has taught us. My humanity is bound up in yours, for we can only be human together. Desmond Tutu. We may encounter many defeats, but we must not be defeated. Maya Angelou. I know it seems hard sometimes, but through every dark night, there's a bright day that follows. So poke your chest out, keep your head up, and handle things. Tupac Shakur. Let us march on till victory is won. Through history comes hope. Visit AfricanAmericanHistoryMonth.gov. Back here, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It is the serious side. Happy Valentine's Day to all the ladies out there. Uh, Jackie has uh, 
decided to join the crew. Good morning, Jackie. How you doing? I'm doing well. How's everybody doing? It's doing well. It's a beautiful Good morning, Valentine's Jackie. Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day to everyone out there. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Appreciate you being in 347-850-127-239 minutes after the hour uh, right here on the serious side. All right, Vanessa, uh, you want to continue this conversation or what do you want to talk about? It's Sunday morning roundtable. Vanessa, you're on the clock. What's going on? Okay, I'm going. So I'm going to count of one. Is, I'm going to I'm gonna slide another one in there because I just want to slide an extra one in there. So okay. the first one is I took my COVID shot yesterday. So I just okay. want everybody to know that I took it. It's not what it's Congratulations. Yeah, good stuff. All righty. Next, and I'm helping other people. When they drop them in for appointments, I'm helping other people to get appointments. And so far, I've helped six people to get appointments. So I just wanted to kind of pat my own stuff in the back, even though I know God is going to do it. So let's go Let us pat you on the back, too, darling. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I wake up at 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning when they drop them in and get other people appointments. Mm. Um, The next thing I want to talk about is I, at one point, ran it and raved about all of these Republican judges that Trump was going to put in place. And I kind of have been keeping up with them. And when it got to 300, I stopped even going in and Googling and counting how many he had put in. He was because he was under the board sneaking doing it. So I just wanted to bring up that had a black person. And yes, I said a black person. Uh, went to prison or went to jail for what these people went to jail for with the Capitol and then asked the judge, y'all ready for this? I want to go get married in Peru. Can I go to mm-hmm. Peru and get married and not give you my passport where I ain't got to come back no more? Hell no. They let white people get away with that. The next thing is that girl said, but I planned a vacation with my boyfriend, and I'm not going to get to take it. Oh, what the hell, girlfriend? Go on and go take your vacation. If I was black, they would not have let me get away with that. And the other one is, I'm on an organic diet, and I need y'all to bring me some special food at the taxpayer's expense into the prison. Well, no, y'all they, they didn't do that. They moved, they moved him to another See? prison, Vanessa. They moved him. Okay. They actually moved that guy. If they, they moved were him. flat, they wouldn't have moved him to another prison. No. Mm-hmm. No. So right. that's what I want to talk they about. I want to talk about those judges that he has put in place in different areas, which I have been following. And now, those judges are going to show you, I'm a Trump boy. I'm not going to, yeah, baby, you can go on and go on vacation. Sure, sweetie, you can leave the country with your passport and never come back and go to Peru. So you know what? I knew it was going to happen. I told them youngsters on my Facebook page it was going to happen. And as soon as JoJo or Toto or whoever go to jail and it's a Republican judge of Trump, they're going to be locked down forever for something real simple. Because you know what? Those Republican judges are going to show them what they made of. Okay. Well, there it is. So Vanessa wants to talk about the uh, federal judges that have been put on the bench by uh, the Trump administration. You know, the one thing I will say about that, uh, Johnny D, is the fact that people always try to blame Obama for this. Obama left all these people 
uh, he left all these open, these vacancies on the court. And so, you know what, they reap what they sow. And we all know, once again, the low-informed voter or the low-informed person who's not paying attention to this stuff, that's what they see at the highlights. But that's the headlines for him. But we all know what happened. Once again, Mitch McConnell, um, the grim reaper of the city, refused to, uh, to, to uh, appoint judges. I mean, he had a plan. He had a diabolical plan from day one. You know, first of all, his first plan didn't work. We're going to make personal. Obama was putting in place, Jay. Jay, he said, well, yeah, his anything goes, and he didn't. Yeah, his first plan was to make Barack Obama one-term president, which that didn't work. So he said, okay, we'll do the next best thing, which, in my opinion, has more of a potent effect because now by putting these people on the bench forever, you have pretty much changed the dynamic of where this country goes. You're going to make this country more conservative-leaning. And it goes back to what I've always said, that Republicans have to cheat to win. They can't win on the merits. You go back and look at the voting record of this country. This country is center-left. It's not center-right. And the bottom line is, is that they continue to do things to gerrymander districts so they can win. They continue to do things. That whole thing with, you know, we talk about this whole thing with Merrick Garland, you know, the fact that President Obama didn't get his is a Supreme Court uh, justice on the bench because of what Mitch McConnell has done. That's in that light. Look at all the stuff that goes on behind the lights. So anyway, your thoughts on what uh, Vanessa just brought to the table? Who are you saying that to? I said Johnny D. My bad, Johnny D. Well, maybe okay. you don't have any thoughts um, on it. That's what it's funny. Maybe well, I, I tell you what. You, you know what? <laughs> here I am. Here I am. I, hey, now, I've been talking for three minutes and realized I was on mute. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> okay. But, I, you know, Miss Vanessa brings up some, some solid points, uh, points in which we've been talking about uh, pretty consistently in regards to the federal courts, uh, Donald Trump's appointment to the federal court. Well, you know, you, you take for for four years, uh, he was pretty consistent uh, with, with this year. But again, it goes back to Mitch McConnell in, in, in the in that federalist society. You know, he took he took the pledge. Um, he took the pledge with Mitch McConnell and. You know, they got some old guy that's out there in Arizona who funds it and, you know, the, the, the Manafords and, and, and uh, Roger Stone and all of these individuals are part of it. You know, this guy was manufactured. So when you when you look at it from, from a historical standpoint, and here, here I am with that history again, you know, he was able to do in four years um, – some, some pretty significant work in regards to appointing the courts, nearly 300, okay? Uh, historically, Bill Clinton has put more judges in the, on the federal court, but again, Bill Clinton had four years, um, and it was nearly 400. Barack Obama, President Obama, uh, was almost 330. Again, eight years. Um, Bill Clinton was eight years, so Donald Trump was... was certainly filling up the courts. Uh, where he's really going to be significant is the Supreme Court. You know, for him to be able to get three three uh, nominees across and appoint three to the bench, although they didn't they didn't fare him well uh, in regard to his him trying to sabotage and, and overthrow the the election process. 
but what we're seeing now with all of these um, these domestic terrorists now going into the federal courts, like I said, it's going to be the sentencing that we need to keep up with because you can charge them, but the sentencing aspect of it is going to be left to their own constituency, the people who have like minds. So even though our expectations should be that due process will take place, we, we need to go ahead and start tempering that because this is why you manufacture. You manufacture the court so that you can get your your laws and legislations across when you don't have the numbers. You manufacture the court so that you can get in these states and you can manufacture appeals when these you know when, when these um, states start to. And this is the year where where you start drawing the electoral maps uh, every ten years in two you know twenty twenty. So now, if the federal courts are, are held by these these uh, these Trump appointees and these McConnell appointees, now they go back in the in the Republican parties and each of the states appeal who they're appealing to. They're appealing to the federal courts. So you know everything is 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 designed for the suppression of the vote and the. Um, the the manufacturing of voting districts so that they can win. So, but Miss Vanessa is exactly right. Uh, you know, they're going to get some some partiality in the courts, and that's the purpose of them taking over the courts. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's certainly more Democrats than it is Republicans uh, throughout mm-hmm. the, the United States. But if you can control the courts, you can you you control the laws, and that oh, yeah. that's what he has done. You know. You know, he put out some executive orders. If you think about legislation, he hadn't passed no legislation. He didn't try. He put out some executive orders no. and kept, yeah. you know, people being conflictual with one another, kept everybody distracted. Uh, he stole money. His family stole money. They got rich while he was in office, and he took over the courts. Now, that wasn't his intentions. That that was Mitch McConnell's doing right there to get the courts. So, again, go hey, back I have to a question. McConnell. Yes, sir. Let me jump in. Let me jump in real quick, John. So I have a question. I don't want to lose my train of thought because I'm getting forgetful of my old age. Here's a question for you, and, and I mean, I wish to roll, but I wanted to. Ask, I was asking this question as well. He's here. Here's the. He's here. He's here. Oh. Jerome okay. Um, oh well, the smartest man in the world is in the house. My bad. Good morning, Jerome. How are you doing, sir? Hey. Good morning. I'm good. Good morning, Jerome. Oh, man, good. Good Good to hear your voice. I didn't know you were here. All right, so here's my question. Good morning. And, good morning. And we, talk, we talk about the framers, how the framers got it right. Here's what I don't get. You know, when they wrote the Constitution, when George Washington decided that he wasn't going to become the king of the United States, they put all these preparations in place so you couldn't have one man or one person that had all the power. But... You have okay, so you limit the president to eight years, right? But right. people in Congress can run forever, and plus, you put people on the bench for lifetime appointments. How the hell does that make sense? It just doesn't make sense to me. And so, Sister Rome, you're just getting in here. But let me let me direct that towards you. We talk about how they got it right. How is that right? Because the most powerful, because you put the most powerful person in the world, you give them an eight-year turn. But my God, you have people like we're talking about what Mitch McConnell did to the federal judges. How Mitch McConnell held up this impeachment that just happened. Mitch McConnell, to me, was the most powerful man in Washington. 
And he's been there forever. So how the hell can't they look at this and say, look, we need to put term limits on some of these people. We can't, we talk about, you can go back and play political speeches from the 1980s and argue, if you just listen to them, you would think that this was something going on in this century. So how the hell did the framers supposedly got it right when they just limited the president? Everybody else going to be there forever. How much sense does that make? Well, Okay, so I can start by saying this, that it is, I don't agree with term limits generally, and let me tell you why. Term limits. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, term limits, depending on, like, if you look at how demographic changes and how, um, if you look, let's just take Georgia, for example. Georgia has um, those runoffs, right? If, If you don't get over whatever percentage you have a runoff. That's met because in a runoff, it concentrates white folks' votes against you. So if you're black and you win and you get into a runoff, they're just giving white folks another chance to get your butt out. Well, what happens is that by the time you actually get representation in your community, um, the numbers tell us that if you keep cycling to black people, you're eventually going to get Clarence Thomas. And so if the people choose to pick that person... They should be allowed to pick that person because that's the only that's the only defense against tyrants. Because if we if we actually start to limit um, who can and cannot run, what will happen is just the rich people will just keep replacing them with their friends. So it's a tough thing, right? When you talk about classism and how that works and how it works in politics, you already know you have to raise a ton of money. So. That's if you do the big races, the Senate, the governors, the, you know, president kind of stuff. But on the congressional level, yeah, you have to raise money, but that is supposed to be the people's house. So the people get to decide who's in office, even if the people are being stupid and putting people like uh, Mitch McConnell back in there. That is their choice. And how that works is that your Congress goes by seniority. So, you know, and by right, you know, you can't put people in office who don't know how to dog on things work. That's why the Republicans have torn this place up. They, they're not interested in governing. They don't really know how none of this stuff works. Trump got in there, gutted all of those departments, didn't hire anybody, send them out, and now saying, oh, the government is dysfunctional. It's not working right. And everybody's going to try to blame Biden, who's been in there a month. And so as I watch this stuff, it's always maddening and reset, just playing head games on everybody that our expectations of Biden is that he's going to fix something that has been in motion for the last 20 years. There's no way he's going to do it, and there's no way that he has the the desire to do it. So having term limits will limit your representation on the ground. You can't have that because the founding fathers knew that tyranny comes to those people who already have. Now, if you can dupe the people who don't have, like the Republicans have been doing, then that's a whole other story. That's a marketing issue. But you can survive out of that. But once you get locked out of something class-wise, you'll never be able to get it back. Rich people will never give up power. Right? It's what colonizers do. And you want to talk about why we're in the situation like we are. It's primarily because the people, you know, can't even see themselves as colonizers, which they're acting like they are, which they actually are. 
So that's why when people get arrested and go to jail, they're saying, wait a minute, you're supposed to be arrested, arresting black people. They really believe that because that bias is so deep in this country and in them that they enjoyed the privilege that it's a foregone conclusion that if I get arrested for shooting somebody, I should be able to go on my vacation in Mexico. Mm-hmm. The judge is like, all right, cool. Well, you know, make sure you come back, though. Right? With us, they're so damn gun scared of us that you could be a <laughs> really? year old with a water gun and they step out of the car and shoot you. Mm-hmm. So if we're not if we're not actually talking about the pathology uh, of um, of these folks, then technically we're just we're just blowing smoke. We're just having conversations just to hear ourselves talk. But if you want to talk about why it exists and why it's like it is, we have to deal with why this the the um why things are are done the way they are. So, to answer the question, you you cannot encourage um, term limits because if you if you do, the people who actually understand what's going on will be locked out. Eventually, everything pendulum swings back. You just have to get people to understand what's going on and inform them so that they make good decisions. But you, can, you if you lock them out. That's a whole other story. And the reason, I guess, on the George Washington side, I mean, didn't Franklin Roosevelt have three terms? I mean, you can actually do something to increase your terms at four. present. I thought yeah, he had four. four. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you, you can yeah, actually I, I, I even, you can increase the terms at president, but you really have to have it, overwhelming crises to do that. And in the impeachment trial, I think what they just found out and as investigations keep going, that that was their plan all along. It wasn't really the insurrection on the Capitol. It was so that if they incapacitated the um, the legislative branch, Trump can actually call. Um, he can extend his term. He can say, "Hey, you know what? We had a breach of the Capitol. Nancy Pelosi died, and Mike Pence got hurt. So I'm calling an emergency." <laughs> they had a plan. We're not even seeing the bigger picture for what that was. We just think it was a bunch of knuckleheads that ran up in there. There, there was a plan, and they ought to go to jail for that. They had walkie-talkies, Jerome, where they could talk to each other in other sections of the Capitol to, to tell people where to go. They, this was planned, and somebody within the Senate helped them. And I'm still wondering, why hasn't the guy who was in the video that opened that back door not been labeled as to who he is, what is your name, what portion do you play in this? Because he opened the door and left them in. And who was the person that was doing the tours with them the day before? And they had walkie-talkies so that they could get around. This was a planned coup. Yeah, but this is not... I mean, guys, they're just—they're not even a month into investigating this. General Andre, the, the the person I'm looking for to report is General Andre, who, who everybody knows from Katrina. He is the one who's investigating this. I can care less what they do politically. They do what they do. Mitch McConnell and those guys do what they do. But when it comes to find out that those um, whatever that guy is from Wisconsin, that those guys staff was helping out. Then we're going to see some. We're, it's going to turn really interesting. Because it's going to fall under Justice Department to prosecute him. But General Andre, who's doing the investigation, I guarantee you, they are shaking 
all of the staff members, finding out what's going on, finding out who let who in, finding out why the, the National Guard didn't come in, even though Trump didn't respond, respond, I guarantee you it was a Trump appointee that said, nope, we're not going to do it. Because those guys resigned. So I guarantee you by that investigation being done, some people are going to be hauled back up in that piece. That should be, it's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I yeah. give it another three, four months. Because the reason that they're shaking down everybody else is, is how investigations work. You shut people down until they give them the fish. Yeah. And you know the big fish is going to be a couple of those congressmen, especially the ones who voted not to impeach. Yeah, I'm interested to see how that's going to turn out, too. I really, truly believe that there's going to be, when it's all said and done, uh, the curtain will be pulled back and some of these people will be exposed. Because I just, you know, I hear what you're saying about term limits and, you know, looking at it from that perspective, I can see what you're saying. But, you know, we have a lot of people who are racist that are in Congress. And, you know, I, I mean, my goodness, we just need to get these people out of here. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Mr. Elias, looks like we have some phone calls. Do you want to get to phone calls? Or do, can we take a break yeah, and get them on the yeah. other side? What do you want to do? Yeah, let's get them on. Let's get him on the other side, man. We got, yeah, we got a couple. Yeah, we got. Let's get him on the other side. All right, let's get. Let's hear something for Jackie though before we get out of here, Jackie. All right, Jackie, listen, give us a quick comment on uh on what we've been talking about so far because we haven't heard your yeah. voice yet. Um, we go to break. Okay, I'll make it real quick. Um, first of all, so not shocked at what happened with that so-called second impeachment trial. Whatever, I didn't even waste my time watching that. You knew that was going to happen. His his cronies in place. It's going to. I don't know what he's got on them. Because for all of them, the one that to be scared of him, he got something on all of them. That's why. So it is what it is. We need to stop with the fubu food and let's get back to focusing on the main thing. We need to get a handle on this pandemic. We need to put this country back on track. And please know, uh, Jackie ain't taking no vaccine that was created under his watch. Now, okay. Uh-huh. And right. I went and, and and understand, I had to quarantine for these last couple of weeks. Because somewhere oh. I went a couple of weeks before I was exposed to someone who found out oh, they wow. had so I had the quarantine. I took the I took the test. I was cleared. Thank God. I I was negative. Thank God. But still, ask me, am I taking that vaccine? Not uh, under I think his you watch. Made a... Nothing. Nothing. Nothing that was created under his watch. I'm not taking because he didn't care. Think you... he didn't care. Uh, I think because it was I, I a think democratic vote, made... right? Yeah. I think you have made it perfectly clear that you're not going to take it, so I'm not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe and ask you that question. I'm just going to continue to wear my mask, social distance, use my hand sanitizer until they come up, because they came up with that stuff too fast anyway for me. I need you all to do some research on that mess before I take it. Well, well, before we go, let me say this real quick. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, matter of fact, I'll address it on the other side. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven. Happy Valentine's Day to all the ladies out there. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. I hope uh, you're getting 
each and everything that you wanted for Valentine's Day. Uh, you never know. Uh, fellas, I hope you got them because today is today. It's too late. All right. On the other side, Johnny D is on deck. We want to hear what Johnny D wants to talk about. Uh, and we'll get to your phone calls, 347 We'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere. The serious side continues after a short break. When I was diagnosed with breast cancer, both of my daughters were pregnant, and everything I was looking forward to turned into everything I was going to miss. First words, first steps, being there for my grandchildren, for my daughters. Today, those babies are three. I'm with them all the time. I don't know what's next, but I know I'm here today. My name is Alanthea Pena, and I'm Susan G. Coleman.
former President Donald Trump tonight declared not guilty of the impeachment charge he incited insurrection at the Capitol on January 6th. He is hereby acquitted of the charge in said article. The case of Donald Trump's second impeachment trial was open and shut. President Trump told a lie, a big lie, that the election was stolen and that he was the rightful winner. He laid the groundwork for this big lie in the months before the election. He told the big lie on election night, and he repeated the big lie more than 100 times in the weeks afterwards. January 6th was a disgrace. American citizens attacked their own government. They used terrorism to try to stop a specific piece of domestic business they did not like. Fellow Americans beat and bloodied our own police. They stormed the Senate floor. They tried to hunt down the Speaker of the House. They built a gallows and chanted about murdering the Vice President. They did this because they'd been fed wild falsehood. But what we saw in that Senate today was a cowardly group of Republicans who apparently have no options because they were afraid to defend their job, respect the institution in which they serve. Welcome back. 347-850-1272. Happy Valentine's Day to all the ladies out there. You're listening to the serious side of the J-Rob Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. That's, let's say good morning to Miss Vanessa Maybell. Good morning, Vanessa. Good morning. Happy Sweetheart Day to everybody out there. Mwah, back, back at you, back at you. Back at you. And uh, tell Bobby Jones, Bobby Jones, don't get jealous. All right. Uh, good morning, Rich Sister. Good morning, everyone. Happy Black History. Happy Valentine's Day. And happy Honey Bake Ham to you today. Thank you very much, Jackie, for that uh, wonderful uh, greeting. You know, Mr. Elliott, she reminded me of what uh, used to be on the Tom Joy the Morning Show when J. Anthony Brown used to do. Good morning, everybody. All right, good morning, Johnny D. Welcome in, sir. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Blessed. Uh, and to all of the contributors, uh, it's a long list of folks, so uh, I won't try to repeat it for the second time. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Smartest man in the world. Jerome Spree's in the house. Mr. Jerome Spree, my bad. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm good, man. How you doing? Doing outstanding. And the man that gets the first and last word is the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, Mr. Elias. How are you, sir? Well, good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Vanessa. Mwah. Happy Valentine's Day. Mwah. Good morning, Kathleen. Happy Valentine's Day. Mwah. Good morning, Mariana Music. Good morning, Mr. Sister. Mwah. Good morning, Momo B. And good, uh, Mary and the Music, uh, uh, good morning, my brother Hawk, and good morning, my brother Jerome. Mary and the Music, that is Push Me Away by the Jackson. I know, I, I know. Ah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, she's probably a little young. She probably does now. Uh, we'll see what she says. Yeah, she probably she said. All right. Yeah, she probably does. All right, let's say good morning to the pastor. Pastor, what's going on? Mary, what's going on, Mary? How are you? Haven't seen Mary and the Music yet, so we'll look for her. Melvin's in the house. Uh, Baldwin, that's a cool name. Larry, uh, Joseph, 
Uh, ooh, Tamika, did I say that correctly? All right, and Shala's, uh, okay, how you doing? Anyway, 347 it's a serious holiday, a beautiful day. Hopefully, it's a beautiful day in your neck of the woods. But based on weather reports, I tell you what, it doesn't look like it's a beautiful day across America. But if you are in the path of this winter storm, please take the necessary precautions to make sure you and yours are safe because this thing is not going to be good. Single digits this week in Texas, which is something that we haven't seen. I haven't seen that since I've been in Texas. So, uh, you know, can't wait to see. Well, actually, I can wait to see it, but uh, it's happening. It's coming soon, so take the necessary precautions. All right, like we said before the break, let's get to a phone call from the there. Who do we have in line? We got a brother that we haven't talked to in, man, I don't know how long. It's our brother, Universal Moore. Oh, wow. That is a name from the past. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning, Universal Mormon. What's going on, man? How you doing? Good morning. I'm doing better now that I'm talking to the family. PJP, Jackie, and Vanessa. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You know, when I heard his voice in the screen, I was like, wow, he just brought back the same the same energy that I had a while ago, man. It's just like, you know, press of fresh air. You haven't changed not one bit. None of you have, man. And I just want to tell you, Jerome, you're not the only smartest man alive, okay? I'm back. All right, I'm back. I was on hiatus. <laughs> and you know I like to challenge you at all times. Hey, I remember the show that you was on, so much respect. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, Jerome. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Universal Man, what's on your mind this morning, brother? The second smartest man in the world. What's going on, brother? I just wanted to say that Jerome is right, and and he's right, and I understand the need for Jerome to say that there should be uh, more than the terms that are, you know, available. I just disagree with that one thing, uh, and I understand why you feel that way, because if somebody's doing good and they got it up, let them keep it up. But there's a thing called personal interest, and we all are familiar with the term career politicians. Um, And there's one thing that you said about the founding fathers. They knew about personal interests and the the behavior of human beings. And they specifically, you know, placed in the Constitution, you you know, those limits because political office should not be for personal am- ambition that one strives toward, but, but towards public service, you know, to which individuals are called by legitimate and specific goals by the people. Now, if a, if a career politician can represent that, there has never been a significant change. And if you want a clear indication of that, around voting time, that's when the commercials come out. If a politician was that good, you would see commercials about them all year round. So that's all I want to say. But Jerome, you on point, brother. <laughs> yes, sir. And I agree. I agree. I I just think that our faith in people doing right um, should be should be um, legislated, right? So if you break the law, you should send your butt to jail. If you're a politician and you're doing it and you're skimming, they should be able to prosecute you. 
right? It's the only checks and balance they have because they knew that if you get power and money, you'll just bribe your way through both. That's all you would do. So you had to have term limits in some of those offices because at some point we just get, we have that thing where we keep saying stuff like, the devil you know. And so people just go with the devil they know. But what my concern is, especially for black folks, is that if we had term limits, white folks would actually, you know, you can't you can't sift through enough black people without some of them selling you out. And what what's gonna happen is that um, if the people have somebody truly representing the people, then technically they shouldn't be forced out because you're gonna eventually turn it back over to white folks like everything else that happened. Right? Every change that's made, Civil Rights Act, all of those things, just give it a number of years and they'll roll that they'll roll it back. Because they know how um, oppression and white supremacy works and um, colonization works. As long as you think the way your colonizers think, then technically you'll put it back to keep them in power and keep them in favor. That's why those folks keep changing voting laws. Every time they lose, they change voting laws before they get out of office. You ain't lying there. They're doing it in they yeah. doing it in Atlanta right now. They're doing it in yep. Atlanta right now. They they're not yes, doing God. that because they're scared of people long term sitting there. They know that the long term people are gonna be up out of there because the people can vote them out. Wow. Man, it's good to hear Universal Moore's voice, man. I'm glad you are back in the fray. I do remember those battles uh, back in the day. It's good to hear that brother's voice, man. Made my day, man. Good stuff. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It is the Sunday morning roundtable, and we're calling this show the day after. The day after that despicable decision that was made by the Senate yesterday. But uh, Johnny D, man, what's on your mind, man? We're going to talk about this last segment of the show. You know, Jay, I don't know if mine's going to offer much commentary other than just the fact of the normalcy. Uh, it has been good looking at uh, new faces in, in, the, in the political scheme under the Biden administration. Um, I was very impressed this week with the, the young lady, uh, the impeachment manager, Stacey Plaskett, um, with her Michelle Obama look. Uh, she, she really uh, represented herself real well and even when you talk about that, the White House correspondent, uh, Jen Psaki, uh, just to not hear people get up there and lie and, and mm. you know, make excuses like, you know, Sarah Sanders and Kellyanne Conway and that other little 20-some-year-old lying girl. I mean, just the normalcy of politics that's, that's currently going on, seeing new faces, um, having to study these individuals. Um, uh, I, I saw, I've been seeing this Cedric Richmond, don't know much about him, but uh, he seems to represent himself real well. Uh, he's the, 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 the senior, I think, senior spokesperson or, 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 or senior uh, representative for, for Joe Biden, and uh, he's mm-hmm. been on the BNC talking quite often. And like I say, just the message yeah. uh, of clarity, a goal, the normalcy that comes with it uh, has just been refreshing. And, of course, uh, I, I, I see where they've got uh, one, one of my favorites, uh, Susan Rice, uh, in the administration dealing with uh, yeah. domestic uh, policy. So that's, that's some stability, got real credible people. But more importantly, lastly, um, you know, this, this young man here, you know, I remember on January the 6th, um, looking at all news outlets and, and, and seeing uh, 
the the now um, deputy uh, uh, sergeant of arms, you know, uh, Eugene Goodwin, uh, you know, military mm-hmm. brother out of the 18th Airborne Corps. You know, when that first showed, uh, it, it was a lot of folks who who gave him a hard time. And, uh, you know, when, when you look at his tactical retreat and, you know, him, how he was engaging with, with those um, those domestic terrorists, you know, he he was really getting a hard time and to know eventually what his position was and what he is said to have done. And I certainly believe that and to see him get uh, awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor and then also um, the um, the uh, that position as the, the deputy secretary. Uh, the sergeant of arms, you know that that was just rewarding um, and, and just refreshing. Like I say, man, to, to, to see to see one of us get get acknowledged. Uh, oftentimes in in the law enforcement community, you know, we 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 coming up in those ranks where you know you got uh, sheriffs and chief of police, uh, both female males. So you know, making a difference in our communities from that standpoint. But it was just good to see uh, him get a- acknowledged to that. Point. Um, and, and again, just uh, just different faces, man. It, it's just a normalcy to politics now, and it's just uh, like I say, it's enlightening, it's refreshing, and I, I can get used to this being the norm. <laughs> you know, it's uh, how it used to be before Donald Trump graced the White House. I should I say disgraced the White House. Exactly. You know, the bottom line is, exactly. you know, the thing is, it's interesting you say that because when you go back and look at Mr. Elias. Everything that was going on during the Trump administration, you know, it was almost like a bad dream. You know, they were playing clips during the impeachment hearings of things that he would say from the podium. And you're saying, my God, I mean, how is this normal? And so now you're getting back to, you know, those regularly scheduled press briefings where people are, listen, it's always going to be a little bit of back and forth between the reporters and the administration. That's what the press is supposed to do. So it's it's good to see the normal jostling between the two parties. But, man, that stuff that was going on, I cannot believe, man, that we lived through that stuff. And people can say what they want to say about Biden. But I'm going to say this, and, and, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I can see, from my vantage point, this guy has one of the most diverse administrations that I've seen in a very long time. So people can say what they want to say, but I really truly believe that he is a man of his word when it comes to this stuff. Every time he has a meeting, you see the VP right there. It's like, hey, I'm trying to bring it back to normal. And uh, kudos for what he's doing. What say you, sir? Mr. Elias. Well, you know, man, Jay, for this to be the... uh the party of law and order <laughs> and them to to to, <laughs> to vote this guy we had a police officer killed and man look this is ridiculous what we lived through for these four years and with him counting about police officers and how they how they are, are, the, are the more important people out there the police officers this police officer that and to see these insurrectionists uh, beat police officers down like that. I don't ever hear none of these Republicans in the chat room talking about the law and the, the law and order party anymore. 
I don't want to hear another Republican talking about how much they're law and order party. Because nothing was normal about what happened uh, with this president. Nothing. Nothing was normal. Everything he did was off the cuff. He didn't read stuff. He didn't care. He just did whatever he wanted to. It was like he was the king of the United States, and the Republican Party enabled him to do whatever the hell he wanted to do. And they, 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 they can sit there and tell, tell me whatever they want to tell me, but you wanted to impeach President Obama because he wore a damn tan suit. But you don't want to impeach this president because he incited a riot. You don't want to impeach this president because he, 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 went, at, he went to uh, try to get Joe Biden not to run for an election with uh, uh, Ukraine. This is, this, is, this is just hypocrisy at its best, man. And I don't want to hear no more damn Republicans tell me how bad it is, such as them dumbass people like Bobo Bright in the chat room. He is a dumbass, ignorant idiot. And but, I, but here's I my question. Here's, here's, my que- here's my question for you, Mr. Elias, because I've had some people ask me about Bobo Bright. You keep bringing his name up. Well, why do you, if you feel this way, why do you keep, well, then don't even bring him up on the air, because all you're doing is giving him air time. Well, then tell him to his face. Stop, stop saying his name. I do. I do. I tell well, him no, you don't. You say him every week. And I tell it to him in his face, and I tell it to him here. Well, there you go, man. Well, you know, I don't give him a platform. My goodness. I mean, he's, yeah, you just don't give him a platform. Hey, you are. He's telling you what you say. You give him the wealth. Okay, well, all right, just say those people. Just stop saying his name if he's that ridiculous. I'm giving that because people are asking me, who is Volva Bright? How do we get in contact with Volva Bright? I don't know who Volva Bright is. And that's what you do on all social media. Okay, well, fine, we're done. I'm not, listen, 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 listen. Don't bring his name up again. All right, 347-850-1272. Why even give him a platform? All right, so, Vanessa, you know, what Johnny talked about the normalcy of a certain administration, it feels good. It feels good the fact that you don't have to worry about what, you know, President Biden is going to tweet. Uh, It feels good to watch a press conference and get the truth or people sidestepping topics that they don't have good answers for. That is normal back and forth between the press and the administration that's currently occupied, or any administration that's occupying the White House. Here's the deal, though. Do you think, and I'm going to add, put a twist on this, do you think the fact that we are still talking about Donald Trump, do you think that that will have any adverse effect on what Biden is trying to get through, on the fact that, you know, Biden is almost, when I listened to this stuff yesterday and throughout the week, it was like the president, the president. He's no longer the president. But he's really sucking up all the oxygen in the room. What do you think about that? Oh, my God. I said the word, Mr. Elias. I said it. If you say so. Okay, if you say so. <laughs> okay, I messed it up. Okay, anyway. So, uh, <laughs> that word. So, he's sucking up all the air <laughs> in the room. The so, Vanessa. Yeah, that. Uh, so, uh, so, 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 Vanessa, talk to me about this. What do you think about how... This is going. Don't you think that we need, at some point in time, we need to stop talking about Donald Trump and focus on the new administration there? Well, I think um, that that will happen now that the impeachment is over. And, but, you know, Donald Trump has a problem now 
that he doesn't, uh, he wants everything still wrapped around him because he thinks that he should be president. So that is the reason why he was calling for a meeting with Zuckerberg because he's trying to get his Facebook platform back as well. And and since the impeachment, the only thing he has said was, uh, we're going to make America great again. We're coming back. And so he made some comment relating to that. Um, that it's not over. And he has said that since the impeachment uh, took place. Um, I don't I don't think that he's sucking all of the oxygen out of the room. Because on Facebook, um, and even if you get on Sean Hannity's show uh, on AM radio, which is Fox, you know, it's, a, it's Fox, he doesn't always talk about uh, Trump. Sometimes you can tell that the producers tell him, don't get on, on a subject of something that's going on with Trump. He'll try to figure out something that he can say that Biden might do. And he can't say anything that Biden has done because Biden has not been in office but a month. So I don't think that they're sucking all of the oxygen out of the room. Even the people on Facebook wasn't really talking about the impeachment or anything until the word came out that, you know, he wasn't going to be impeached and was actually said, which they already knew. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. And Biden is, is doing just what you said, Jay. He is keeping his word. And if you guys didn't hear, one of the press secretary people got fired yesterday, but he said that he resigned. Because remember, Biden said that you were not going to be disrespectful to any of the other staff. Well, they said that one of the uh, – he was disrespectful to one of the reporters. And from what I understand – Yes, it happened just late yesterday evening. So I ran oh, into the other room going, Biden is getting rid of the first one who was being nasty. So, yeah, he was being nasty to a reporter, and he they said that he resigned. But, yeah, right. Uh, Biden said that he was not going to have people in his administration talking down or nasty to other people. So I'm sure Biden sent word over there and said, tell him he can resign or he's going to be fired by Monday. Because it was over yesterday. I mean, as soon as it happened... I don't know exactly when it happened, but it ran across my telephone as a, an alert, a politic, a political alert. And then when I looked it up, it came on CNN, so I didn't really have to. But I don't know what happened yet. So I'm just well, I can tell you. I can out. tell you what happened. You want me to tell you? Okay, what happened? Tell me. The, the um the he was one of the deputy press secretaries, and apparently. He's dating Alexi McCammon from Axios, who's always on MSNBC, and he's dating her. Apparently, the other girl liked him, and she was going to release a story saying that he was dating a reporter. So she was essentially trying to blackmail him, and he said, I will ruin you, is what he said to her. Now, I don't think he – so the Biden administrator, administration suspended him for a week, and then he, and he resigned. Because they, they essentially just said, you're suspended. But I say that Biden's wrong for that, um, for doing that. You don't, that zero tolerance bull don't work. That woman as a reporter was threatening him. She was trying to blackmail a press secretary that he was going to expose that she was dating to somebody because she liked him. So anyway, they're all young. They'll get over it. I'm not really paying enough much attention, but that's what happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're all young. young they'll get over it. <laughs> well, you know, Biden doesn't want any. He doesn't want any mess to start up this early Biden, in the game. Biden better grow up. Like, you, you know you, what? Not, you okay. can't say. Go ahead. It's fine. 
That's but go ahead. I don't care if that person lost his job or not. I just want people to do their job at that White House and don't be causing any kind of anything to give them anything to talk about this early in the game. So he could have stayed, he could have quit, he could have fired, whatever, but take that drama off of Pennsylvania Avenue because I'm sick of drama over well, there. Well, and that's why he fired him because he didn't want drama. But I think we're wrong for this, right? Republicans broke all kind of laws, ran rough shot over everything, and now we got to be the Puritans? Like, that's crazy, right? They're human. He gets to have a girlfriend, whatever, right? I mean, I'm not defending him. I don't care. What I'm just saying to you is that we go overboard in our purity test sometimes when it comes to what it is that we should or should not do. Like, I've heard, uh, although Jay said, you know, to start this off, that Biden doing a good job. But I remember Jay arguing with me when I said Biden is the most experienced person. And he has a track record and saying that he would do that. Everybody's like, no, he needs to go sit his old butt down. Like, everybody was on I him. don't think he's too what? old to be in office. No, no, I didn't say that, Jay. I didn't say you said he needs to. I'm saying that's what people were like. Oh. I don't know why they were doing that. So I was saying, though. I don't know why they were doing that specifically to him when he had a track record. Biden may yeah. be too, like, one of the great things that's about to happen is that with Merrick Garland, if they, you know, once they appoint him to the Supreme Court, there is a position left at the appeals court level in D.C., which is one of the highest federal appeals courts, right? So that's where he's leaving. Biden gets to a point there. And another person a couple of days ago, announced that they were retiring from the same court. See, so all these guys Uh-oh. were retiring knowing that Biden's there. They didn't want to retire while Trump was there. So That's he right. Has, I heard that. I heard that. Yes. You're right. I heard that on the news. Yes. Yes. So a point to that court. And the girl who is, who is leading them, and I call her a girl, she's 50, is this black woman who Biden actually is on his short list for the Supreme Court. He's about to appoint her there. So... You know, I think you can you can make change subtly, but all of that smoke and mirrors for drama, you got to you got to grow up. Like we're people are human. Somebody's gonna have some naked pictures come out at some point. You know what I mean? Like, and it's not you to judge. You know, me to judge them one way or another. Biden is never gonna be able to tap down um, um, gossip. That shouldn't even be your goal. You need to just keep moving, right? Because. If that was not the case, they wouldn't be on Hunter Biden so much about everything that he's doggone doing. You know, you can go outside and smoke a cigarette, and they'd be like, well, what's with his health policy now and his son smoking? They're going to gin something up. You know, and that's why, you know, I constantly say don't watch Fox News. It's not news. Them fools are always going to find drama and gossip. But I don't, I don't think that story was a big story, although I did read it and saw it. But it, it's kind of... Like I said, they're both they're both really young. Even Alexi McCammon, um, you know, they're young. They're probably thirty, maybe. So, mm. you know, they'll learn their lessons about dating. I think um, Alex Witt, not Alex Witt, but um, I can't remember the other girl who had a show at MSNBC. She dated somebody in the Obama administration, and she gave up her show. You know, huh. you know Alex Witt is still on the MSNBC. I'm not sure what that is. Who you refer to? Alex Wagner. Alex Wagner, yeah. I don't know why I keep saying Alex. I actually like Alex Wagner. But, yeah, she was dating somebody in Obama's administration, and she left. But, you know, again, they're using people straight off Fox News for Trump, but you can't even date anybody 
Um, you know, and then the Biden administration. Because it looks some well, kind Fox of way. Just fired, they just fired Lou Dobbs, if you hadn't heard that. Yeah, they did. They, they just fired, fired Lou Dobbs. Dobbs. They should yeah. have. He got two. That's a big name in Fox, baby. That's a big deal. Yes, but Fox did just they got him or did they suspend his did they suspend his show? No, they fired him. No, he got they fired, fired him. They, they fired got rid him. him. You know why they, they fired got rid of him? You know why they fired him? They got sued. Because for over a million dollars. They're no, liable the for him doing that. Jerome, they fired yeah. him because the company who is suing Fox said that Lou Dobbs, the lady that's a judge, and another person ruined their company business by saying that their election machines were rigged. That is the reason why they're firing him. I, read the I, whole just, thing. I just said that. They got sued by no, $1.3 yeah, that but again? it's not just him. They need to get rid of the other two names that they named. That lady yeah, that's a judge. Janine Barrero and uh, what is her name? Yeah, Maria uh, Bollard, whatever her name is, yeah. Oh, I, I don't see anything that's saying... I don't, I, I, I don't <laughs> see anything that's saying that he's fired. I, I just saw that his show was dropped, but okay. All right. You guys say so. So that's how they fire you. <laughs> well, I guess so. Yeah, he, right, he's cool. not going to be there up. <laughs> They're cutting their lights over on that food. I don't know if that's where you can fire somebody who's on air personality. I guess you're right. You don't have a show. Come on, dude. Yeah, come fix yourself. All right, 347-855-1272. It's the Valentine's Day edition of this show. Appreciate it. Happy Valentine's Day to you and yours. To all the ladies and you know guys, and, you know, do your thing. So um, let me let me swing it to you, uh, Jackie. You know, when we talk about normalcy, um, you know, one of the things I will admit this, and, and I hate to say this, but I remember when President Obama was in office, and I remember, you know, when we have to come up with show topics, he didn't give you a lot to work with. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? As far as you know, just. Whatever. He gave us a lot, but it was like, man, you know, he's doing this, he's doing that. This, the one thing, let me ask you a question. Do you think, because if you go back and look at the media, you look at some of the the, the major newspapers that were out there, they all reap from uh, Donald Trump. They they really did. And, And you can go back and find reports and numbers that shows this as a fact, that this guy, uh, you know, he, 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 uh, he revised and he brought some of these papers that were on the brink of going out of business because of him. They had investigative reporters going out there finding all this dirt on him. And he has really turned a lot of the media business around. My question is, is this, it's like the media created Donald Trump. They really and truly did. Because when you think about when he was running for president, he didn't have a lot of money because a lot of people in the Republican uh, on the Republican side, you know, uh, Lindsey Graham, you know, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, before they got, before they bought their knee pads at Academy Sports and uh, Sports Outdoors, they they were out against this guy. And so now all of a sudden, you know, they got their knee pads and they're doing what they do now. But what do you think the fact that Donald Trump is fading somewhat from the limelight, how does that play in the future for the media 
what does that do moving forward? Because, come on, I mean, everybody was on Twitter because of this fool and what he was going to say. You're not going to have that anymore, to, for the most part. So so how, how do they move on from here, Jackie? Now that this guy hopefully is going back to the back row, we won't hear from this dude for a long, long time. What say you in regards to that? Well, first of all, first of all, Jay, I got to congratulate you. I'm not going to let nobody fluff this off. Congratulations for oxygen, brother. Okay? Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Jackie. I was like, I almost missed that. Because you you using... (laughs) You you flowed. You were like oxygen. Go ahead, brother. On Black History Month, brother, go ahead. Go ahead. I can't stand you. I can't stand you, Jackie, but go ahead and answer my damn question. I can't stand you, but go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I couldn't let that go by, bro. C- congratulations, and on Black History Month. Hold on, hold on, Jackie. Let's get some context to what you're saying now. If you've been listening to this network for the last but, two um, years, everybody knows I cannot say that word, the O word. And we had one and, show, the no, J. Ross show. I almost missed it, brother. I almost missed it. I was like, the people know. She just said it. The words she just what, said. What, what, so anyway, I didn't hear what you said. Whatever, Mr. Elias, whatever. So, so that <laughs> word that that Jackie just mentioned was a word that I remember. We spent thirty minutes of y'all making fun of me trying to say that word. So thank you, Jackie, for giving me my props. So now, what say you in regards to the so, question that I asked so you, smarty as pants? Media go- <laughs> as far as the media goes, I mean, to me, oh, excuse me, it, to me, it's about that same. It's it's the same problem the embold the bold the emboldness. I mean, come on, you you jump on some people are going to be ultra and just gravitate. And when you got somebody like a Donald Trump running around, I mean, you got people just going to jump on that stuff like vultures. The media, I mean, give me a break. That's what they that's what they live for to jump on stuff like this. And with him going into the background now, I, you know, does this mean, I mean, the, the emboldness, I keep focusing on the emboldness that Trump has brought out in people. From the media, it doesn't matter from the media to regular people to the Congress, it doesn't matter. I just don't see how we can really overlook this to see when you think about racism racism hasn't hadn't gone away racism was just sitting in the cauldron until you had somebody like a Donald Trump that made people feel emboldened to come out and show they butt now what's interesting is after all this butt showitness can we really go back to being in the background. I think we can. Not when it's this much. I don't, I don't know. When it's this much in our face, when you see what they, how Congress handled this so-called second impeachment trial, which was a joke. I mean... How do you not? How do? How can you go back in the background after all this stuff? Somebody once and for all has to stand up and say this: this crap ain't right. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree mean, with how you. can you stay silent? How can you I, turn I a know, blind Jay. eye to this stuff? I don't know. And, and, and usually we go to Mr. Elias, if you don't mind, I want to give Johnny the last word on this one because uh, I just want to talk to him as a fellow service member. You know, when we put that uniform on so many years ago, um, you know, we, uh, you know, we made a pledge to support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I'm not naive, bro. When we put that uniform on, I knew there were people in America who didn't like me because of the color of my skin. But I looked past that because I said that's just par for the course. But we have a commander in chief or had a commander in chief that was so disrespectful to that position. Just give me your, your final thoughts here, man, about, you know, here real quick because we got to go. But give me your final thoughts on the fact that there were people in the military who served under this Yahoo, and, and, and they had to put their lives on the line for a guy who didn't give two cents about the American flag, a guy who uh, found ways to get out of the draft because he didn't want to go over there because he felt he was entitled. And just give me your thoughts on that because as, a, as me as a former service member, that's what disgusts me the most. Uh, that that guy was actually the commander in chief of the world's greatest military force. Uh, give me give me your thoughts on that as we get out of here. Yeah, that that was nothing that he did to support it, and and I and I will agree with you um, wholeheartedly uh, to sit back and pretend that he was pro military, pro law enforcement, pro intel. This this individual really was a a, a foreign agent. That's what he was. Uh, he was a treasonous, mm. a liar, a criminal, and all the rest of it. And for those hypocrites who support him, you know, denouncing people who who don't, you know, say the pledge of allegiance and all of the foolishness that comes with the waving of the American flag, and you support this 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 individual here. Who is the least patriotic individual that, to, to my knowledge, that has ever served in that office? And mm-hmm. good riddance to him. And shame on all those individuals that pretend. All those soldiers and all those law enforcement officers that was out there on January the sixth, they disgraced mm-hmm. the uniform and they disgraced their mm-hmm. shields to support someone mm-hmm. who doesn't support you openly, uh, defunding. All of the stuff that this guy has done put you in, in uh, jeopardizing positions, questioning your intel. I mean, the entire law enforcement community and the military um, should be shamed of this 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 fool. Um, and like I say, I, I I don't even know what to say, man. I mean, this is the most unpatriotic individual that I've ever seen in my time. And for people to sit back and act like he's true blue American is just. It saddens me. It really does. Yeah, Turn, it turns my damn stomach. It turns my and damn absolute, stomach that the fact absolute, that this guy absolute. was the commander in chief of our military. And like you said, Thank Johnny, you. you had soldiers out there supporting this fool. This is a guy where Russia put put prices on American soldiers' heads. He didn't say a damn exactly. thing about it. And exactly. you guys want to sit here yeah. and raise flags and support this idiot? Yeah. The hell is wrong with this country? It's ridiculous. Be right back after this. Bad day. Bad day. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Children's National Hospital in Washington, D.C., which is committed to scientific discoveries that lead to new and better treatments. At Children's National, their pediatric innovations are designed to help children everywhere grow up stronger. 
Japan is cleaning up after a magnitude 7.3 earthquake shook the country's east coast this weekend. More than 150 people were injured in nine prefectures, but no deaths have been reported so far. NPR's Anthony Kuhn reports on the aftermath. Japan's meteorological agency says Saturday's quake was actually an aftershock of a devastating quake a decade ago. That quake, whose anniversary is coming up next month, triggered a tsunami and resulted in some 20,000 people dead or missing and a nuclear meltdown. Saturday's quake was deeper below the Earth's surface, and so there was no tsunami. Bullet train service to some northern cities remains disrupted. Power has been restored to nearly a million households. Japan's nuclear power plants did not suffer any damage, and the blackouts, authorities say, did not disrupt cold storage of the first batches of coronavirus vaccines, which are expected to be distributed to residents in the coming days. Anthony Kuhn, NPR News, Seoul. Japan has firmly approved its first COVID-19 vaccine and says it will start nationwide inoculations within days. Japan's health ministry made the announcement today, saying it has approved the vaccine distributed by Pfizer. On Friday, a government panel recommended approval after reviewing final results of clinical testing in Japan. Much of the country, meanwhile, remains under a state of emergency after a third wave of infections hit late last year. A couple of parliamentary elections are being held today. People in Kosovo are going to the polls, and the vote in Spain's Catalonia region is being closely watched as a gauge of support for the pro-independence movement. I'm Giles Snyder. This is NPR News. Alright, folks, it's time for Chatterbox. Final thoughts from our world famous chat room and from social media. Mr. NES, man, you have anything for us this morning? Yeah, I got Covina, man. When he says GOP scared of those Proud Boys, QAnon, and those low educated voters, and says Trump has to go to jail, that's the only way forward. Yeah, I think that's going to make him a martyr, though, if you put him to jail. I really do. But I agree with you, Covina, man. Appreciate you. Alright, uh, anyone else, Mr. NES? That's it. All right. So, Pastor, uh, the pastor checked in. Peace and blessings. Great show as always, although his language can sometimes be colorful. Let Mr. LES be Mr. LES. Don't worry. We send extra prayers his way. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day to the ladies, and you guys have a blessed week. Thank you so much, Pastor. Melvin from South Texas. Guilty as charged. FYI. I only listen when. Oh. Oh, this is, okay, this is the guy. He said, okay, guilty as charged. <laughs> he, said, he said, FYI, I only listen when our bad choir sings. That's bad, Melvin. And during collection. Be blessed. <laughs> been listening for the past three years. That's the guy that be listening to church. All right, Melvin, you stop that. All right, Baldwin from uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, happy Valentine's Day to all the ladies in the show. Send me roses your way, and if any of you are single, hit me up. All men need smart and intelligent women in their corner. Hey, man, what do you think this is? Like, uh, what was it, the love connection? You can calm down. All right, uh, let's see. <laughs> what the hell was that? Larry from Trump. Hey, hold up, hold up, hold up. What's his contact? Yeah, yeah. Oh Lord, yeah, uh, hey, look here, Melvin. Don't, don't be hating on my game. Don't be hating on my game. Baldwin, Baldwin, Baldwin. Uh uh-uh. uh, uh uh. No Baldwin. All right, so Larry from Concord, Michigan. What a travesty. 
these weak bastards should have voted voted him out of office. He's out of office, but I get what you're saying, Larry. Uh, Janice, Baltimore, Maryland. Jay, I heard you call someone a fanboy because he was a fan of Jerome's segment. Well, count me a fan, girl. I love on a need-to-know basis. Kudos for extending the segment. Hey, there you go. All right, Janice, you're a fan, girl. Mariana Music. Oh, my God. Was that Michael Jackson? I never heard that song before. Thanks for the hidden treasure, Miss Delia. Sending sweet Valentine vibes to the crew and to my cage. I'll accept that, Mariana Music. Are you talking about me or the other guy? Okay. Mitch from Seattle, <laughs> Washington. Hey. Wow. <laughs> he said, how about those Super Bowl picks, boys? Love you guys. Ah, yeah, you got us on that. Peter from Syracuse, uh, New York. Rich sister, you ain't right. But I was thinking the same thing. Jay said the old word. Uh, couldn't believe my ears. Uh, thanks, Peter. You're another I, smart ass. Okay, thank you very much for that. I, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, whatever, Miss Silly ass. All right, folks, it is time for our final talk. <laughs> Ladies are first. Miss Vanessa, final thoughts. what it is what it is that's my final thought it just is what it is and now we're just going to have to encourage people uh to get out there for midterm and vote and um i don't know i this is i just don't have anything to say about this week it's just been such a crazy four years and a week or whatever so i don't know i'm going to church and pray for the country and the panel as usual happy valentine's to everybody Texans, y'all know y'all don't know how to drive on black ice. So stay home tomorrow like the city of Houston is shutting down and get some chili or some gumbo or some whatever and enjoy uh, some TV. So y'all be safe out there because it's going to be bad in Texas. Yeah, it's true. Thank you so much. Tomorrow it's supposed to be in single digits. That's all we know. So uh, that's not good. And you're right. Stay off the roads because these people cannot drive if it has a little bit of rain. So having sleep and stuff, uh-uh, it's, it's going to be dangerous here tomorrow. So please, if you're in Texas, uh, heed her words and stay your behind at home. All right, uh, Jackie, final thoughts. It's Black History Month. Martin Luther King had a dream. Rosa Parks didn't give up her seat. And Jay Ryle said the word oxygen. We shall overcome. We shall overcome. Don't tell me my God can't do it. Don't tell me he can't. I'm done. Thank you, Jackie. Uh, Johnny D, final thoughts. You know, it, it's kind of hard to, to come behind uh, Miss Jackie with those that vocal rendition of uh, We Shall Overcome. Uh, like I said, in some instances we've overcome and others we got a long way to go. Um, mm-hmm. As we celebrate President's Day on tomorrow, for the first time in, in four years, uh, we've got someone that we can at least uh, acknowledge as presidential. I will say this right here. Remember the first black president, which was Frederick Douglass, and, of course, the elected black president, which was President Obama. And I like the way you did that. I would, perhaps our third one will be Kamala Harris. Uh, and like I said, again, I appreciate everybody for giving me an opportunity to be part of this venue right here. God bless and take care. 
It's Kamala Harris. I'm pretty sure she'll get pissed off at you, Johnny, but uh, that's okay. All right, uh, Jerome. Mr. Jerome is free, man. Final thoughts. You know, I was trying to say my happy Valentine's to Mariana because I know Jay's a hater. I was going to save it until later. <laughs> <laughs> I thought put that out there. I really don't have the I'll be, be talking enough in the next five minutes. So, hey, everybody have a good later. Oh, come listen after five minutes because I do have something to say. So, Luna, I just want to say that out loud. Anyway, it's Kathleen here. Hopefully, Kathleen here because I need to talk to her on the next day. All right. You all right, appreciate you, brother. The man gets the first and last word, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Well, folks, this week we lost a giant in the religious community, uh, Fred Casey Price. You know, God rest him as his soul, and, and, and I give my condolences to his family. Uh, what do you think Fred Casey Price? Fred Casey Price. He was a okay. uh, he was a, one of the largest pastors in, in Los Angeles. I went to go see this man preach, and... He was preaching, and he was giving a, a, a powerful word at one point in time. And uh, they told him that his time was up and that uh, they wasn't, that the church didn't pay him for that much. And he said, I don't care about the, 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 the money I'm getting. I'm trying to win souls to God. So, Fred Casey Price, thank you for who you were, my brother. And uh, you definitely a giant in the community. You know, what we saw this past week was a disgrace. You know, these are the times where I wish I was rich and had money to leave this country. I'm ashamed of what people who represent the people, what they did when they let this crooked, non-patriotic bastard off the hook. It is ridiculous that we have a country where people are more concerned about their own self-interest than what's in the best interest of the people. And let me tell you something. You folks who voted for these people, I'm pointing the finger at you, too. Get educated on who you put in office. Stop going by name recognition. Because if you go by name recognition, I guess I could give you a pass on that. But if you're supporting this person and you know what type of individual they are, shame on you. And you know what? I have nothing good to say about you, and I'm going to end it right there. So, Mr. Elias, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the J. Wow. Show. Folks, be creative. I know COVID is out there, but you can still enjoy Valentine's Day, so take your sweetheart out to dinner. So, for Vanessa, Jackie, for Johnny D, Jerome, and Mr. Elliott, I'm Jay Ross saying have a wonderful work week. God bless. Be safe if you're in Texas. And if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side of the Jay Ross Show. Don't go anywhere on a need-to-know basis. It's coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Yes, sir. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Pledge allegiance to to the flag of the United States of America. All right, folks, it is time for the bewitching hour. The one and only Mr. Jerome is free on a need-to-know basis. My brother, Jerome, man, what's going on this morning, man? All right, so we know it's still we're still in the midst of Black History Month, so I'm 
going to keep my commitment and go through black history facts, but I, I think I'll do a little bit of news just because it, you know, just because of the week that we had, the week that was. So, um, first of all, um, Supreme singer Mary Wilson passed away yeah. in her yeah. Las Vegas. Yeah, from February 8th. Um, her cause of death had not been announced. And uh, if you don't know who Mary Wilson was, Diana Ross, Lawrence Ballard, the original Supreme. Um, baby love, baby love. I'm surprised you didn't play any Supreme stuff coming out there. Someday we'll be together, <laughs> all of that. Um, that's for Ballard. Yeah. That's my Valentine's yeah. Day song, um, Mariana Music. I didn't know that. I didn't know Mary Wilson was gonna help us out today, but that's that's the only thought that popped in my head. But anyway, um, her her funeral service will be held privately in accordance in accordance and uh, with current health and safety guidelines. But a public memorial will be scheduled for later in the year. So. Um, yeah. And uh, Motown found a very gory pay tribute to what he called one of his sweethearts, one of his sweethearts of Motown. That's what they were called because it technically was the Supremes that crossed all of these um, barriers for Motown back then. So people mm-hmm. would listen to them when they were not trying to listen to black men. And if you ever want to do a little history, go look at some of the early CB Wonder album co- covers. They would not put a hmm. picture on the music picture because on, yeah. yep. white folks would not buy it because it was black people. That was Barry Gordy's creation. So he described them, you know, Supremes as trailblazers, uh, a trailblazer and a diva is what he called Mary Wilson. So um, she passed. Just wanted to share that today. Now, um, pollen season starts 20 days earlier and is supposed to be 10 days longer and features 21% more pollen than in 1990. Now, okay, we're in a pandemic, and I have allergies, so that means wherever I go and sneeze, people are going to be running for the hills. <laughs> That's not a good look to have an allergy during a pandemic. you like, I'm, I'm really? not today. So, anyway, it is, allergy season is supposed to be worse, and they said that um, this is from the Utah School of Biological Sciences, they look at how um, pollen counts have changed in the U.S. over the past 30 years, and they're saying since 1990, we have 21% more pollen than we had even back then. Wow, is All that right. because of the bee shortage, I wonder? Yeah, it could be related to um, to the bee shortage, you know, because they pollinate and all of that other stuff. So, yeah, it's probably – and the, the climate being warmer, right? It's not getting yeah. off flowers. Um, early on, because you know the frost kills that um, up in the north. That's why when people say that about being in the south, I'm like, well, in the north, even though we do have allergy seasons, it will it dies down a whole lot faster. That first frost knocks all of that stuff out. Yeah, yep. Now I don't know if you guys saw this. There's new packaging um, that's going to appear on shelves in June for the Aunt Jemima name has changed. Yeah, I saw that. It's going to be without. <laughs> character image and they said um, they changed it to it's, this is PepsiCo who did this because they own the brand so they're changing it to Pearl Mill Milling Company is the new name mm-hmm. yeah so you know, that company was founded in 1888 in St. Joseph Missouri 
um, and was the originator of the self-rising pancake mix, what later will become known as Aunt Jemima. So it's going back to the original name. You know, people are complaining, right? Because that's what they do. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> now, okay, so I don't know everybody who has cryptocurrency, but I just want to say this. There is a cryptocurrency portfolio tracker called Block Folo was forced to apologize to have this app was hacked and sent notifications to users announcing the closure of all services to black people and N-words. Really? So, yeah, so... I didn't they, get it, but I, I got cryptocurrency, but I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you had to get your currency through this, um, oh, okay. this particular portfolio. So the CEO, FX, um, it's FTX CEO said official content was produced and published by a competitor's exchange uh, and they maliciously gained access to um, someone who had access, their marketing company had access to their um, social media. And so they said the competitor wrote that on there so they can drive black people to the competitor. And wow, so, wow, 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 yeah. wow. Yeah. So, here's the message to it warned of the immediate loss of funds if black people did not re- withdraw from the app immediately Monday night. And so, mm. I was like, dang, who does that? Really? Let's just target really? black wow. people. Just, just yeah. generally. You let's just do that. now black folks are starting to get into the market. So now they're, they're doing everything to get them out. Oh, wow. This is crazy, yeah. man. Wow. But figure, they take our money. That, that had never has been white folks' problem. They want to torment us. <laughs> Right, so mm-hmm. this race stuff is out there just to re- be a reminder that they have an attitude problem towards black people. Mm-hmm. We tend to wow. forget that because you know black people don't really we don't think about white folks like they think we think about them. So we're like, mm-hmm. no, we're not All right, now Gannon University uh, has said that it will play the black national anthem, lift every voice, and sing before every home game. Um, mm. For every sport, so the men's okay. basketball coach, coach started that. Um, he was the driving force behind the decision of this private school, um, and so this, he went to the school, to administration, and they said they were 100% behind him. So if mm. you don't know what "Lift Every Voice and Sing" is, the NAACP dubbed "Lift Every Voice and Sing" the Black National Anthem in 1919. Now. Mm. The decision came more than a decade before the Star Spangled Banner was adopted as the national anthem of the U.S. Mm. So that's how old Lift Every Voice and Sing is. Wow. I know Jay played a little bit of it on the show mm-hmm. um, earlier. All right, so if you don't know, um, I think everybody knows the words of the song, right? <laughs> Jay? Uh, I, I know the, I know the, the, I know the first I know the first couple lines. That's it. Yeah, lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring. Ring with the harmony. Heaven ring, ring with the harmony of liberty. Every rejoice our lives. Sing a song. Yeah, let's march on till victory is won. Yeah, I got it. The president has brought us. Fading the rising sun of our new day begun. Let us march on till victory is won. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Jay, you can do the second verse. Go. Yeah, uh, nobody. Lift every voice and see. No. <laughs> That's all I got, bro. <laughs> Don't need the road we tried. 
bit of a change of ride, but about the days Lord has died. Yeah, thanks. He's a dirty rat. He's dirty. Thanks, Jerome. I'm just trying to help you out. You're a dirty rat, man. You're a dirty rat. Just keep it moving, bro. You're a dirty rat. Just keep it moving. Dirty rat. Wow. Hold down. Hey. So, I only know the first one. I only know the first one. I can admit that now, so mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, and you know, when you're at events for black folks, you don't know this, and they're reading the black national anthem, everybody knows the first person, everybody picks up the paper on the second one. <laughs> like everybody's reading. <laughs> Nobody knows the second one. Nobody knows the banner. Exactly. Yeah, so. Nobody knows the three versus Star Spangled Banner, so there you go. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, so um, I don't. They, you, if you feel uncomfortable with this, you can um, you can mute yourself. But I'm to, I'm about to curse out because you know I know Uh-oh. Jake gets on me and Elliot about this, but this story might make me curse. So Janet Jackson posted an emotional video on Twitter on Saturday where she graciously thanked her fans for their support throughout the years. She posted this 45 second video of herself on social media that kept captured thank you. Sharing her gratitude at the fact that her 1986 album, Control, is now number one. Again, she said, I want to thank all of you for making Control number one again after 35 years. I never in a million years would never think that this would ha- would never think that this would happen. I really appreciate and love you so much. Thank you. And on a side note, 19 years after Justin Timberfake has apologized to Janet Jackson and Britney Spears, he said he failed them. He said, I probably got 10% of the blame and says something that says something about society. I think Americans are America's harsher on women. And I think America is, you know, unfairly harsh on ethnic people. Okay, Justin asked. So here's how this goes. All of this music comes from... um, Timberland, right? So black people gave that fool the past. And now he thought he was the king of R&B when Prince died. Talk about, I'm going to take the mantle of Prince and go forward. As he rips off Janet Jackson's clothes on the Super Bowl and then act like, he said, you know, sometimes we do things with publicity to make y'all talk. He downplayed it. She gets banned off of all of the damn platforms from CBS and MTV, MTV, VH1, all of them. Because of Les Moonves ass did not mm-hmm. like Jackson. But they kissed Justin Timberlake's ass all this time and now nineteen years later he's like, Oh my bad. Yeah, I'm sorry for this. Thanks. Thanks for no thanks. Yeah. yeah. I, look, I I hate I hate to be that that black guy, but if Justin Timberlake crossed the path, I'm gonna beat his ass. That's how I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna go like <laughs> I forgot the comedian who said that, but it's like if you cross my path, I'll beat your ass. Like that's all I'm gonna say. But Justin Timberlake's ass don't deserve no pity. He gets no kudos. He gets nothing. And Janet did not mention him in her um her Twitter post on Saturday. So, you know, he just you know, I don't have any any sympathy for him if you cannot tell that mm-hmm. over all these years there are people who mimic black culture and act like they are and, and once once they use black culture and go into mainstream pop they act like they don't know black people mm-hmm. 
and that's that's why that's I'm a big sure. fan of you know you can you you borrow you borrow our our stilo a little bit and then you act like yours. It's crazy <laughs> to me. Mm-hmm. No, but I'm I'm wow. sure there's Less some stuff in the archive wow. about me cursing out about this before. So if you want to hear me <laughs> talk about Justin Timberlake's ass, that was and you know I very rarely curse, but you want to hear me curse when I talk about him. <laughs> <laughs>
yeah, you mean the yeah, surgeon general? Surgeon. You said the yeah. attorney general. Yeah, yeah. yeah the surgeon general yeah. drew him by. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, his, his whole thing was he was blowing off the pandemic and he said, oh, I made a mistake. Oh, no, you didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was kind of wrong. Mm-hmm. I was telling people was, all they need to do is brush their teeth. You did. What'd you say? I, I was just kidding. I didn't mean that. <laughs> That's how it was. I was supposed to say that. Mm-hmm. Y'all know how sometimes I be playing. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he was he was seriously mad, you know. All right. So CIA yeah, officer uh, Morgan uh, Moore, Moore uh, will no longer provide President Biden daily intelligence briefings after it emerged that he defended the agency's uh, alleged torture program. So a CIA official in charge of overseeing Biden's daily intelligence briefing reportedly led a standoff between the CIA um, and the Senate Intelligence Committee. So that food is gone. See, he's cleaning the house quietly while everybody looking at the, um, you know, I know last time we did so, somebody said, how come y'all not doing Biden news? Yeah, we're doing Biden news, and it is not going well for Trump people. (laughs) (laughs) So the Manhattan DA is investigating $280 million in loans to Trump Tower and other properties as the criminal probe nears completion. So District Attorney Cyrus Vance Jr. office is reportedly investigating the loan made since 2012 by subsidiaries of um, Ladder Capital, um, a New York City-based real estate investment trust. So somebody is going to jail. And Trump is, yeah. Now, see, and they're reporting that Trump is still worried about facing charges in the Capitol riots. Um, he told advisors that he fears prosecution. Oh, don't fear it. Just get ready. Go watch really? the movie Get Hard with, uh, what's his name? Um, <laughs> Will Ferrell. Uh, Will Ferrell. <laughs> Will Ferrell and Kevin Hart, yeah. Kevin Hart. Just get your mind right. So, <laughs> Republican leaders say he still can be brought to justice despite the 57 to 43 impeachment and acquittal. Um, he's worried about it one advisor close to Trump told CNN, saying that Trump had remained mostly silent since leaving the White House due to fears of potential criminal liability in the riot. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. And here's what wow. I don't understand about people loyal to Trump. So the guy, Michael Van Enderine, is the guy who was his um, attorney in the impeachment. Mm-hmm. While the impeachment was going on, he had the words "traitor" written on his house on Friday. Wow! <laughs> and again, it wasn't even over. You can't wow. win. Be his friend in that win. You, you cannot win. I don't know why they didn't just all be like they should cut their losses because rabbit Trump people are still rabbit Trump people. But somebody spray painted "traitor" on that man's house while he was trying to help Duck Trump. Mm-hmm. Now I wow. guarantee. His butt's gonna go on the TV and ask for like, uh, you know, some kind of sympathy. Mm-hmm. Now, the University of Alabama removed the name of former governor and staunch segregationist George Wallace from the building over his racist views. No, it was he just didn't have racist views. But it was racist, and so a resolution was unanimously approved by the University of Alabama system on Friday to remain to rename the former George C. Wallace building to the physical education building. 
So they just <laughs> take the name off of it, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, actually, is um, Kathleen's not on today, right? No, I don't see her. He might be. He might be at church. Her, no. All right. Um, Alabama Republican Senator Richard Shelby, 86, says he will not run for re-election in 2022, coming the latest GOP member to retire. Um, he's from Alabama, the Senate's fourth most senior member, announced on Monday that he will not seek seventh term in office. And Stormy Daniels said her legal SAIT storm is about to kick off again. So the mm. porn lady... Is what we are dubbing her in this program says that it is it is go time for the Supreme Court case against Donald Trump once he leaves office. So Dave said mm-hmm. legal correspondence has started blowing up again a day after Biden's um, inauguration on the 20th. They start sending um, notices to Trump. See, the thing is, he can't hide now. Right, so you can't live above ground and below ground at the same time. So if you want to sit up in my life, everybody where you at, so you can get some yeah. served and everything. Um, mm-hmm. now, now, Twitter's CFO um, confirmed that Trump will never be out back on the platform, even if he were to run for office again. Um, really? Yep. He told CNN. CNBC Wednesday that um, his suspension will not be overturned, but also insists that the company wants to see speech and user points of view um, protected, but not that fool who caused the insurrection. So, mm. so speaking of that, that's why um, that's why Mr. Powell made that speech afterwards, because he's because the companies that said we're not giving any money to anybody who supported the insurrection, he's trying to make it look like, oh no, I'm not with him for real. I just didn't want to keep them. So, so they need that money. It was them, it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he wanted that money. So he tried to, yeah. but he voted against that. And, you know, I don't know if you saw Nancy Pelosi come out and call him pathetic. And, yes. And so mm-hmm. the senators are talking about that they want to censure him. And Nancy Pelosi came back to the podium and said, you know what we censure people for? If you write something... <laughs> A letter on letterhead that you're not supposed to. That's a censure. That's a slap on a wrist. You could have convicted mm-hmm. him. Now you want to slap him on the wrist? She said she's having it. <laughs> she's disgraceful. <laughs> yeah. She so she called him cowards and all of that good stuff, too. Yeah. They are cowards, man. They're cowards. They're nothing but cowards. What yeah. else did you call them? Cowards. It was crazy to me. Yeah. That was now, crazy, George, man. Yeah, Georgia's prosecutors, prosecutors opened criminal probe into Trump's call to Secretary of their Secretary of State, asking him to find votes to overturn um, the election. Um, so Trump is facing that criminal investigation, and we're going to see how that works itself out because Fulton County District Attorney she said the reason they couldn't roll up to the state attorney's office is because they were involved in it. So they were the ones who were being pressured. So they're not going to even take it out of this black woman's hand because those guys would have to recuse themselves because they were actually involved in it. So she said it's up to me to prosecute and she's going to do it. Did you see that she's getting death threats already, man? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah, see that? And that doesn't surprise me. She said, she said, I get death threats, but they ain't going to stop me from doing my job. 
Right. Do what you want to. She's the police herself. I don't think people yeah. get what the district attorney's office is. There's a part of the, dis- the police department that reports the investigative unit that goes directly to the district attorney's office. How do you think that they investigate corruption crimes? Right? They have to have total control over a certain part of the police department. So you can threaten the DA if you want to, but they will rake your butt over the coals and bring in facts. Yeah. So you think those militia racist people got a problem now? They got a federal government that's going to match them. So Trump and Biden already asked all of those U.S. attorneys to resign and wait till he put all of his people in there. You think they're not going to go after these people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So shout out to them for that. Now, a Louisiana woman is charged in the death of um, Quan, um, Quan Charles. 15. Remember the, the kid who body was found in the sugar cane field? Um, mm-hmm. The black kid? The, the yeah. white woman, Janet Irving, 37, has um, been jailed in Louisiana on charges of felony failure to report um, report the 15-year-old missing and contributing to the juvenile delinquency. Yeah, I saw this one, yeah. That was three months after he was found dead. She was like, I don't know what happened. Then they found out that she yeah. went and picked him up. She and her son or somebody. Yeah, yeah, like her, 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 the son and him were partners or something like that. Yeah, they were friends. You know, and, and they hung know. out together. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's going to – I don't even know what to say, say about that one. All right, so really? the, the, the reason I, I'll, I'll save this story, there's a – remember we were talking about the, the white NFL lineman who, who um, killed – I mean, who choked the black woman unconscious? Yeah. There's a story about her, but I guess I'll talk about that in, um, in another. But he stood over her, um, sipping a smoothie, saying, while you're still alive, is what she said, after he choked her unconscious. And mm. then ate his dinner mm. while she hid in the bathroom. Wow. He said he, said he was off his meds. Well, they're going to put you in some meds in jail. That's yeah, his ass needs to go away. Uh-huh. You know, I don't mean to do this, uh, this story on Black History Month, but... <laughs> I think I'll still do it. Um, you ever Rachel Dolezal, whatever her name is? Yeah, the, the white the woman that wanted to be black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She said that she she feels black. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she appeared on Tamron Hall's show where she claimed that um, even after changing her name to, get, get this, Nikita uh, Amari Fialo. <laughs> <laughs> she still is recognized as the hook that uh, she didn't say this is me paraphrasing the hook that wanted to be black but she says that she still feels black it claims that she wish people could see me more of who I am and so she, anyway I'm, good, I'm done with her <laughs> oh my god I I'm changed my name so that make me black you know I, yeah, whatever yeah wow yeah that, that's always mm-hmm. nice to hear after the fact now, the, the white yeah. contestant on The Bachelor, who is um, vying for the heart of the black bachelor, she apologized for her offensive and racist behavior after photos emerged of her in a, um, this, this themed frat party. And she also... Oh, I can see where this is going. Yeah, yeah. She, she also previously shared QAnon conspiracy posts. Mm-hmm. 
issued an apology via Instagram. Um, the racist allegations first emerged publicly last month when uh, there was a plantation photos came to light of her, mm. and um, she was ridiculed and stuff. And she ridiculed this woman who was dating a black man, and the woman who was dating a black man at the time blew her out of the water. And she's like, "I'm mm. sorry, I was." I guess she feels she's 24 years old now, but she felt like she was young and she didn't understand. So they didn't kick her off the show yet, but she still wants to get with the black guy. Oh, wow. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got a lot of things I can say about that, but I'm not going to do it. Now, mm-hmm. the, the host of that show, Chris Harrison, issued a statement on his Instagram Saturday saying that he's ashamed of the pain that he's caused people of color and is committed to doing to being a better man because he defended her initially and then people lit his butt up and now he's like oh my bad and this is not the first time he did that so cause has been growing for him to be fired um after um he said in a controversial interview with a former bachelorette i don't know her name um the people should show compassion for her and he blasted <laughs> and defended her alleged racist action. And so Harrison faced the backlash with calls for his firing and apologized in a statement Thursday before announcing his break from the show on Saturday. See, that stuff can happen really fast for you, can't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is for sure. Yeah. Wow. Now, I, now if, if you guys didn't see, oh, you know what? I didn't do my vanilla ISIS news. Hold on. Let me hurry up and do this. All right, so Olympic gold medalist swimmer um, Cleet Keller was slapped with four new charges in his role of, of the Capitol riots, bringing his, the total to seven. A grand jury yeah. indicted him, who's 38, um, Keller, who's 38, on four new charges on Wednesday. He was arrested last month after a video showed him storming Capitol while wearing his distinctive Team USA jacket. Yeah, I saw that. That was good yep. for him. Now, Oath <laughs> Keeper's leader, who claimed to be a retired FBI section chief, discussed using boats to ferry heavy weapons across the Potomac for the Capitol attack and had a death list of officials. Um, Thomas Caldwell, 66, is charged with conspiracy to obstruct Congress along with two other alleged members of the group. And court papers filed um, Thursday um, provided a whole lot of chilling new evidence. Now, this is going to go on for a while. Now, a Long Island mm. DJ, 25, who posted a Snapchat of, of himself smoking pot in the Capitol during the, during the insurrection, <laughs> he was arrested after a friend reported him to the FBI. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> Greg, uh, I guess is. I, I don't know what last name, but he's from Farmingdale, New York. Was taken in custody on Friday, uh, Friday morning. A misdemeanor charges for disorderly and disruptive conduct on Capitol grounds. A man carrying a Trump flag inside the Capitol riots—they uh, keep saying riots on here—insurrection was arrested in Orlando's airport after he was recognized by a couple watching the news. Can you imagine? They watching the news and they're like, "That's that fool, That's that fool right there." Yeah, there he is. So, so Steve Omar Maldonado is accused of participating in um, the insurrection. He was arrested Wednesday at Orlando's International Airport, and he's charged with two misdemeanors. Now, a Proud Boy member called Spaz 
says Trump is to blame for the Capitol riots and claimed that he only took part because he was misled by, by his deception. Now, the attorney for um, the Proud Boys, Dominic um, Pizzola, filed a memo seeking to have him released pending trial in connection with that blaming actions on Trump. Now, again, you know, if somebody told you to rob a bank, I don't want to go through the whole scenario of that again. <laughs> you can't yeah. just blame the person who told you to do something. You did it. Now, experts believe that some participants of that event at the Capitol may have been spurred on by their previous financial difficulties, according to new analysis um, of their financial history. Now, the papers are a trip because they will go through your business and figure out your name, right? So the Washington Post revealed this week that nearly 60% of the people arrested um, had faced bankruptcies, notice of evictions or foreclosures, bad debt or unpaid taxes of up to $40,000. A quarter of the group had been sued for owing money, and 20% at one point faced losing their homes. Um, they included riot victims that Ashley Babbitt, who was uh, who had a struggling business, Jenna Ryan, who flew to the riots on a private jet, previously filed for bankruptcy, and uh, the Proud Boy member, Dominic um, Pozzola, he had a state tax warrant for $40,000, and he rolled up in there smiling. Mm-hmm. Nah, I guess I can't say that enough, can I? Yeah, <laughs> All right. No kidding. All right, so um, I really wish that thing was here, but I'm still going to do this story because we can talk about this later. So I remember, I hope Vanessa's listening, but I remember I was asked about the last time I did a woman's race or something. I just want to tell you, there are people on the show who have um, who have political connections, and we actually know one of the impeachment managers. I just want to say that. So I get... Uh, um, no, who was it? Vogue did an article on um, Stacey um, Plescat. Now, if you don't know who she is, I'm starting off my Black History segment with Stacey. She, the spotlight um, shifted on her on Wednesday when um, the lead impeachment manager introduced her. Now, Stacey Plescat is elected delegate from the U.S. Virgin Islands. She was introduced. When Raskin member mentioned that um, his connection, when he said, I hope I'm not violating any federal education record laws, when I say she was an A student and then, and she's an A plus student now. That's how he introduced um, um, Representative Plaskett. Um, she was tasked with showing previously unseen footage um, from January 6th and demonstrated to the um, to the senators just how much worse the day could have turned out um, if if not for someone, uh, some quick-thinking Capitol Police officers is what she is how mm-hmm. he phrased it, right? So as Plaskett right. built her case against Trump, she drew wide attention on social media and phrases from some um, noted legal scholars like Jill Weinbanks, who I have much respect for her. She was one of their attorneys on Wargate who talked about um, um, Representative Plaskett and um, Anna Navarro. 
you know, just another attorney. She's a TV commentator as well. She's a Republican. Mm -hmm. But Prescott sought to be a part of the impeachment team in 2019, the first time Trump was impeached by the House, citing both her experience as a prosecutor and this um, significance um, that she could bring to the U.S. um, territory in a letter that she sent to Pelosi. Pelosi. Now, she also pointed out to BuzzFeed News the relevance of her race in the role. She said the party says that black women are the base and are primary support, and there are five black women in the House who are attorneys, and two of them are former prosecutors. That's why hmm. Stacey was on there. Stacey was, is no joke. So much respect to Stacey, and um, um, for the record, we're not going to ask her to come on the show, but she did a <laughs> hell of a job. Much respect to her. <laughs> I'm not saying I know. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that somebody on the show may have some access to Stacy. So I shouldn't be calling her Stacy because then you know I know her. Okay, um, the representative from the French <laughs> Island. I don't know her. Like I shouldn't be talking about it. All right, now. So, so let's give a little black history facts while we're in this. So Memorial Day was started by former slaves on May 1st, 1865, in Charleston, South Carolina, to honor. 257 dead Union soldiers who had been buried in a mass grave in a Confederate prison camp. They dug up bodies and worked for two weeks to give them proper burials as gratitude for fighting for their freedom. And they then had a parade for 10,000 people led by 2,800 black children. Um, Hmm. um, They marched and sang and celebrated. So after black people did that, Everybody else said, you know what? We should celebrate That's every- a good idea. That's a good idea. <laughs> every time yeah. black folks do that, about like, that, why is it just for black people? Let's do everybody. But yeah. 10,000 yeah. black folks came out and marched in a parade to honor um, the Union soldiers who died. 257. All lives matter, Jerome. All lives matter. Right. <laughs> Right. I, I never see that bumper sticker any place. Nobody yeah. ever wears that T-shirt. Yeah. So I, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to defer on that. Now, if you don't know, June 30th, 1974, um, Alberta William King, the mother of Martin Luther King, she was gunned down while playing the piano um, in the mm. church for Lord's Prayer. Right is what she's playing at Ebenezer Baptist Church. Um, You know, she was assassinated, just like her son, Martin Luther King Jr. Somebody came in there and deliberately shot her. So much respect to that, and we need to acknowledge that black people have been assassinated for who knows how long. Now, dry cleaning was invented by black people. Did they say why, Jerome? Did they say why? Did they say why she was killed? Yeah, it was a hate crime or just... just oh, it was a hate, hate crime. crime. It was somebody who came into church mm-hmm. and shot him. You know, because it was Martin Luther King's mother. Wow. Jesus. Again, mm-hmm. that's what hate is, right? People don't know anything else but that you're black. Because going into her church, she wasn't making no speeches. She wasn't talking about she was playing the piano. Just because it was his mother, someone came in there with enough hate and shot him. All right, so the dry cleaning was invented in 1821 by a black man named Thomas Jenkins. 
He owned a dry cleaning business in New York City and was the first black man in the U.S. to be granted a patent. 1821, mm. dry cleaning was invented wow. by black folks. Hmm. There yeah. you go. See, again, there was my uh, the discussion that we had. Should we do black history news, the saying that the first black person to do something, or something that we did that nobody else did? Right, right, right. <laughs> we invented yeah. a lot of stuff. Now, you yeah, know, one did. of the things I talked about um, last week that I wanted to cover is I'm going to cover the O.J. Simpson verdict because, again, black history, I think we should be clearing up history. So I want to say this. Evidence for the O.J. Simpson's innocence was held back in the 1995 trial, which he was acquitted in a murder of his ex-wife and her friend in Los Angeles. Now, according to one of his lawyers, um, Ashley Bailey, and I'm sure the kids are not old enough to know who um, who, who was um, – they did a TV show. Who was the TV show that was based on Ashley Bailey? I don't know oh, why I just left uh, my head. Uh, Ironside. I'm, I'm, Ironside. Wasn't it Ironside? Ironside, yeah. Yes, it was Ironside. Yeah. And the reason is, F.D. Bailey had this unbelievable streak of wins. Like, he never lost any cases. But anyway, he was mm-hmm. one of O.J.'s attorneys. And in this 2,000, uh, 2, I'm sorry, 20,000 word document entitled The Simpson Verdict, F.D. Bailey revealed that four people could have bolstered um, Simpson's case but was ne- but never testified. Um, so in the Simpson verdict, Mr. Bailey said that 1995 defense team was prepared to call four people who never testified, a forensic scientist, an expert on battered women, a bud expert, and a person whose possible testimony, he said, is the most important of all four. It was a man who might have seen the killers. Now, the witness, he wrote, saw a woman the night of the murders matching Nicole Simpson's description and apparent um, confrontation with two men, neither who was O.J. Simpson. And upon hearing of the murder the next day, uh, Bailey, uh, Ashley Bailey um, alleged that the witness recalled what he saw on tape on the tape recording and wrote a detailed description and the sketch artist um, and sketched his observations. But the defense team decided not to call any witnesses to the stand out of fear that additional jurors would be dismissed if a mistrial was declared. Um, And, and, you know, it was an eight-month trial, and they felt that it would not come to an end, so they didn't even call them to the stand. Really? Wow. Yep. So he said the real killers were out to collect a drug debt and killed Nicole Simpson and Goldman after mistaking them for their targets. But they never put that out there. Wow. Yeah. So any any time I hear people go, oh, OJ, 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 I think they need to know that because that is um, something that we need to deal with. OJ did not kill that woman. And, and plus, they never proved it. He was proved not guilty anyway. So... Again, well, he got he got convicted later because that's what they got him on. They didn't get him on any of the stuff they got him on. It's like, okay, we got to get this Negro some way somehow. So how we gonna do it? Oh, look, he he would to get his own stuff back. Let's get him. Right. He was arrested because the person who stole his stuff, he would get it back, and they said he blocked the door so that he would have that's yeah. equivalent to kidnapping. 
So that's what OJ was arrested for. Um, next week, I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely do Cosby's case because Cosby's is just as interesting as OJ's. Cosby was not convicted on sexual assaulting anybody. He was he was convicted, um, and the woman testified. And, and matter of fact, I want to talk about this because as we were watching the Trump stuff, they kept saying to one of Trump's attorneys that he's the one who would not prosecute Bill Cosby. But they're not telling you why he wouldn't prosecute Bill Cosby. The reason he didn't prosecute Bill Cosby is because Cosby's attorney at the time reached out to the DA and said that that woman and her mother was extorting money from Bill Cosby. So he did an investigation, found out that they were trying to blackmail and extort from Bill Cosby. And once they figured it out, the DA said, if we prosecute him, they're going to run you too because you're lying. So how can we bring you on the stand and you're lying? That's going to let him off the hook. She said she had sex with Bill Cosby. They were sleeping together. But they wanted to prosecute him because they said that he, he gave her some drugs that she asked for. But that's what they prosecuted him on. So people keep thinking that it was like he was like a sexual predator. He was, he was never convicted on any of that stuff. So in Cosby's case, I'll have the details on the next show. But that, that's another sick thing that happens is that we put stuff out here, and then it lingers for so long, people will be the butt of folks' jokes of um, stuff that didn't actually happen. So hmm. OJ didn't kill his wife, and he did not give that woman drugs to sexually assault her. They were already sleeping together, and she testified to this. So the reason that the DA would not prosecute him prosecute Cosby is because he told them that if we take if we take prosecution off the table then you would he would have to do an affidavit or he would have to be interviewed so in condition of not pressing charges Cosby told him exactly what happened and then they went ahead and took that back and used that against Cosby Cosby said she, he had a prescription for Quaaludes he had them she wanted them she took them he didn't give them to her. He said they were there. So that was the evidence to convict him. But the only reason that Cosby even mentioned that is because they settled out of court because the DA said, I can get you money, but if we press charges, they're going to put you on the stand. <laughs> and they knew, and the DA knew she was lying. So I know their DAs don't normally go to jail for lying, but he did not want to put her on the stand knowing that she was lying. Because she was. They were extorting money for Cosby. All right. Wow. Yep. So uh, another part of uh, history, we didn't talk about Dr. Sebi last week. So yes. Wow. This, yes. My God. If you don't know the famous world-renowned renowned herbalist, Dr. Sebi, he is the only person to win. Uh, well, I'll say it this way. In 1988, when the Ursha or USSH, his research institute, won a case against New York State Supreme Court, it was the first victory of its kind. And the victory included the right to practice the healing traditions of our forefathers by using herbs and natural um, nutritional substances that are consistent with our genetic structure. And what that means is that black people are legally able to use herbs that will help our bodies. It's not that it won't help white folks. That's not the point of the case. 
It was the fact that white folks cannot go and sue you and tell you what it is that you can or cannot use for your body as herbalists. So right. they said that our premise and methodology was proven effective and true. In years prior, over 2,700 other organizations, including medical doctors, homeopathic doctors, and herbalists, all have tried and failed in efforts to validate their position to the Supreme Court. But in 1988, the Supreme Court of New York State challenged the premise of his methodology, and the presiding judge, um, Ann Felton, um, ordered the Institute to present nine patients who had successfully treated for diseases that they claimed to have cured. And 77 patients appeared to testify, including clients <laughs> from Italy. Each client was, was required to bring their medical records from an accredited medical institution uh, indicating disease that they, prior, they had prior to receiving treatment from the institute, which included HIV and AIDS, um, and showing that they no longer existed. And as a result, on September 29, 1988, the Institute won the right to utilize any substance in their herbal compounds regarding, regardless of approval for student drug administration. So at the time, the victory, uh, the time of that victory, 2,789 other cases were lost. Nobody's ever won a medical case in New York State at the Supreme Court level. And Dr. Sebi was the first one. So when I hear people talk about, you know, that's an old wives' tale and why black people listen to Dr. Sebi, he went to court and won. Makes me wonder if that's where Magic Johnson, if that's where he went, man. He treated treated Magic Johnson. I kind of figured it because they said Magic Johnson has no no traces of it. I'm like, okay. He treated Mm. Magic Johnson. and, And I don't know if you remember... Um, Michael Jackson's mother, Catherine Jackson. Right. In the late '80s, Catherine used to walk with a cane. Yeah. Right. Remember she walked with a cane. Um, right. Michael Jackson called Doctor Sebi because hmm. Doctor Sebi. What happened, even in that case, is that um, Teddy Pentagrass, who was paralyzed from the neck down, um, helped Teddy Pentagrass. So whatever he gave Teddy Pentagrass, he began to have movement in his arms and stuff, and so he was able to move. And so Michael Jackson called Deepak Chopra, and um, for some reason Deepak Chopra could not stand Sebi, right? Because you know Indian people, and I don't know all of them, and I don't know how this goes. They have a caste system, just like we all know for the record that Gandhi did not like black people. If you don't right. you don't know that story, my Gandhi did not like black people. They have a bad caste system over there. So Deepak Chopra, who claimed to be this guru to help Michael Jackson out, Michael Jackson went to Dr. Sebi. And he knew him. So, you know, once he, he helped out Teddy Pentagraph, he was like, Oh, I want you to meet, you know, Sebi. So yeah, he did help out my, Michael um Magic Johnson as well. But through <laughs> judicial process, the the Supreme Court was made aware of the um, um, efficiency of African biomineral balance. In effect, the landmark court ruling supports the right of of the black race to practice a system of nutrition that's consistent with our genes. So the court case 
um, was the result of advertisement that placed in several New York City newspapers stating that AIDS and other diseases were cured by the um, USHA Research Institute. So the state arrested Dr. Sebi, accusing him of practicing medicine without a license and making fraudulent claims of curing AIDS. And among the 77 clients that testified in 1988 were former AIDS and HIV patients. To date, over 80 AIDS and HIV um, patients have been proven cured, including um, this um, Oswell Savala, um, and yeah. who's in Honduras, and Alfredo Lagos, who is, um, he was tested by the Red Cross Laboratories, also in Honduras, and that was in 95, so they tested some people, and the client test, um, tested by San Diego County Public Health Laboratory, um, also, um, who requested anonymity, um, also showed that he was cured from AIDS and HIV as well. Hmm. Yeah, so that was an eighty-eight that he that he got sued though, and that he won. So if you wow. want to go look up Dr. Sebi, go YouTube. There's a lot of things out there um, for stuff that he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I still say somebody took him out, man. I, I still say that, man. Yeah. I I hate to be a conspiracy theorist, but I still say oh, somebody took him out. You don't man. have to be. He was in. What happened was he, he was arrested going back home, going back to Honduras. And here's what Dr. Sebi was working on. Dr. Sebi wanted to build, and I don't know what country helped him, but Dr. Sebi said that he wanted investors from black people, right? And um, there was this country um, in Africa that wanted to give him a couple of million dollars to build these um, retreats. Like right now, if you something's wrong with you, you can go to the the village still exists. You can go to the Usha village, and they will give you some herbs and help change your diet to help reverse any kind of disease that's in your body or any kind of discomfort in it. And um, so he wanted to build one in the United States. He wanted to build them. So he wanted to bring like truckloads of um, of water. Because if you have water that's alkaline, you know, he wanted to bring water and have, like, natural springs and pools that he wanted to build. And so he was on the way of doing that. And once he got financing, then that was the year that he got killed. Because he said, we're going to build them anyway. And wow. he goes back to Honduras. He gets stopped, I want to say, in Mexico. But he got stopped in another country on his way back. He had $50,000 on him in cash, and they said that we're going to hold you to make sure he didn't claim money. Yeah. Yep. Mm. So they arrested him and the chemist and guy who actually makes the the herbs, and they released him and kept Sebi there. And he was in a cell condition where there was water and stuff on the floor, and he got sick. And he asked them to bring him some herbs from the village to him, and the guards and stuff would not give it to him. And he died of some kind of pneumonia, must have been. But he got sick wow. while he was in jail because they were starving mm. him out. Wow. Yep. It mm. is a very sad and crazy story, but it is still a true story. So Dr. Mm. Debbie's not here, not because he wasn't healthy. This is a man who said he was impotent in his 50s or 30s. He was impotent in his 30s. He had a child 
when he was 82 years old. He's like, I'm not interested no more. <laughs> I don't know what he, he gave himself. But uh, he didn't have that problem no more. So, yeah, Dr. <laughs> has really come through. Um, and there's, there's a lot to be said about Dr. Freddie, so... Um, yeah, so we'll we'll go through some more Black History in uh, in the next show. Have you ever heard of the show, um, the song from Digital Underground called Heartbeat Props? No, I haven't. Ah, go go check the song out because okay. it's a song about honoring your people before they. You know, we we the the, the verse goes. You're giving more respect to a dead man than you do my man, and my man's got the plan in his hand. It's about honoring mm. people while they're still living. So wow. at the end of the show, I am going to stop doing that. So literally, I am going to go through, and if you listen to the song, Digital Underground um, starts naming everybody, people people who's died now, but they honored, you know, Dick Gregory, um, you know, just mm-hmm. People who who were there. So I'm I'm gonna do the same thing because we need to start respecting people who are living. So in my first attempt at this, I'm just gonna run off some names. Just hear me. So um, you know, like he did, like John Lewis and all of those guys. But first of all, I want to thank Digital Underground because even if you go back and listen to some of their stuff, you won't be listening to you know. Kiss Me and I Kiss You Back and all of those songs. So, Digital mm-hmm. Underground, Shock D, Blake Lee, Whoopi Goldberg, George Clinton, Nas, Abdul Jabbar, Asada Shakur, Honorable Minister Farrakhan, Public Enemy, Denzel, BDP, BBD, Sister Oprah Winfrey, The Hudlin Brothers, The Hughes Brothers, Chuck D, Lynetta McKee, the actress Lynetta McKee, Method Man, Dr. Joy DeGruy, Stevie Wonder, Dr. Claude Anderson, James O. Jones, Jim Brown, um, KRS One, Ice Cube Two. I know everybody has these little issues right now. Ice T, Sister Queen Latifah, Ed Gordon, Bill Cosby, as well as Sydney Poitier, Debbie Allen, Africa Bambada, Gladys Knight, Gladys Knight, Sister Angela Davis, Nas Rogers, Eddie Murphy, Jada Pinkett, Smith, Will Smith, DJ Jazzy Jeff. I will stop there, but every show. I am going to pay respect to somebody who's put in work, and we need to give some respect out. So shout out to those guys, and I will bid you adieu on that note. But, hey, you want to shout them out too, LES, make it hot. But all I'm saying is that we forget our folks until something happens. So much respect. You're right. You're right. Like yep. I said, I, I, yeah, that, that, that is true, man. That is, you're 100% right. My mother used to always say, give me my flowers while I'm living, that when I'm dead. So yeah, I got it. Yeah. I, I understand. I yeah. truly understand, my brother. Yeah, because even in in that song, you know, they talk about Josephine Baker, you know, and, and it's just dope. Just even the way they addressed her, they said Josephine Baker, she had them hooked the way she took a money maker. But why did it take her so many decades to get a little crazed to who they ran rave to see? With a dark complexion, she was a sex symbol before Marilyn Monroe, but the heart stopped before they gave props to the old bro. They just did a great job of just in a synopsis of saying she needed to be respected while she was living, and we just didn't do it. So much respect to Digital Underground. Yes, sir. All right. So there we go. I I think I did enough black history for the day. But we can, (laughs) of course, I told you, I can go on for three months of black history stuff. So there you have it. All right, my brother. I appreciate it, man. 
right, man. So everybody tune in next week. We'll do an African folk tale next week so we can have some of that on the program as well. <laughs> I think we should keep going with black history, man, throughout the year, damn the month, the year. Oh, let's, no. let's keep it going. No doubt. I'm we'll do that. that. Yeah. All right, brother. All right. All right hey, we'll see you next week, brother. Valentine's Day to everybody, too. You know, Kathleen, mm-hmm. Mariana, want to shout her out like three times a day. Everybody on this stuff. Girl Kai, all of y'all. Happy, happy Valentine's Day. All right. So I wish get... you happy Valentine's Day, too. All, all right. right all right. Later. All right, later. See you next week. All right, bro.